path than Ra's al Ghul offer. The path of a man who shares his hatred of evil and wishes to serve true justice. The path of the League of Shadows. <laughs> the vigilantes. No, no, no. The vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is? Legend, Mr. Wayne. Me to talk. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of do expect us to talk. I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by Chris and Dave. How are you doing? Feeling baptastic. I feel like it's beginning again. There's a song in there somewhere. I feel reborn. So let's all get brutal <laughs> okay. and dark and don our new look bat cowls. Yeah, let's go all gruff and serious because we know we've had enough of this silliness now. We have to, like, we'll you know. Stop looking like this. No one talks like that, Becca, anywhere, <laughs> honestly. Next time, Kate, next time. Yeah, can you imagine if we all started like doing the, the next three episodes just all on our Batman voice? <laughs> just like... Yeah, but Becca's Batman voice is <laughs> <Stop. laughs> nothing like it. <laughs> I can't yeah. do impressions. We know! <laughs> well, you can. We've got, got 200-plus hours of you not being able to do impressions. Well, no, to be fair, she can. She can do Homer Simpson doing an impression of her, Mr. Burns. So. Yeah. <laughs> name, Batman. First name, I don't know. <laughs> I'm Batman, don't you know? I don't know. Anyway, who's in this, Becca? <laughs> And what is it? Yeah, what are we watching? <laughs> For a wildly serious film, this is an oddly comic tone we're taking in the introduction. Oh, we're going to go dead serious in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a big heavy film with lots of heavy themes, but it's also smart and funny. But I think, as much as I hate the word, we do have a lot to unpack. So, as if you hadn't guessed, we are onto the business end of the Batman series, where the Batman begins, starring Christian Bale, Ken Watanabe... Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, Katie Holmes, Gary Oldman, Killian Murphy. Still can't pronounce his name. You just did. Is it Killian? <laughs> Killian? We never know. I'm going to call him Killian. If you're listening, I hope you are. It might not That's be. That's correct. Anyway, there we are. I've always said, I always thought it was Cillian Murphy, but uh, is, it, is it definitely Killian? Yes. No. This is, yeah, this is what I've read in Tintinterwebs. See, the, the trick is, Chris, even if you're not sure, just say it with absolute confidence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Makes people think, oh shit, I've been saying it wrong all this time. Oh, he, know, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you might find us up and say, excuse me. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce his name? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> so so now we now we got Killian Murphy sitting with the Queen, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Queen Latifah, Michael Aspel, the Force Ghost of Ronnie Corbett, and Riddick Bow in full boxing regalia with a plate full of bourbons <laughs> and a white off not fingered. I was quite pleased I got through the pronunciation of Finwater Abbey. I'm quite proud of that. Um, yeah, you got that wrong though. Oh. <laughs> you didn't. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I call him Watanabe Ken because that's probably the right way to do it. Uh, no, it's Ken O'Watanabe, because oh, he's pointed oh. out the villains in this are Irish. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's barely a villain, to be fair. He's barely got a role in it. Watanabe, Sam, I should call him. Also starring Morgan Freeman, plus Jack Gleeson, Shane Rimmer, and Colin McFarlane, if you can spot them. The story by David S. Goyer, script by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan, score by James Newton Howard and Hans Zimmer. Directed by Christopher Nolan and released in 2005, and it still stands up to this day. Oh, that's Becca's review then. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's my one-line review. That's just Christian Bale. Hey, if... <laughs> hey. So, what kind of standing up are you referring to there? Well, I think after all the physical activity that he did with that. Is that why he's got a crouch on the corners of buildings? That's why. Yeah, he has to have a rest. Because you know, this is heavy. Yeah. It weighs a lot. So. It's like getting an erection in tight jeans. You best just crouch. Well, I'll take your word for that. I don't wear tight jeans anymore. <laughs> anymore? Not anymore. So you're not telling us? Anyway, yeah. what do we reckon to this film? Go on, Chris. Um, It's got a quite... Um, it's got a strong power with uh, Casino Royale, this one, hasn't it? With a kind of... St- st- leaving from a franchise in a few years from being the, at its most... Um, silly and stupid and just preposterous and campy and just downright just crap. Uh, it kind of goes, right, reset button, let's make everything dark, let's make everything gritty, let's let's start making a film like an adult. And this is the result. Um, I think out of all the Batman films, and including the other Nolan films, this one is solely about Batman. You think about the last, uh, even the Burton Batman films... You know, they didn't really address the, him as a character. Uh, it was always about the villain because it was like, you know, he had one villain for each film, so the, the villain was the main focus. He just happened to be the guy he was fighting against. So it's nice to actually sort of see, uh, a, like, a, you know, like an origin, which we've had, we've seen loads of origins, but we've not really seen a Batman origin. And it's nice to actually proper address him as a character and it sort of go through what kind of would bring him to do that and it does it really quite well um i i i i'm kind of i've always said this was my favorite batman film and now i've i've kind of watched all the nolans recently and i'm going to rewatch dark knight and dark knight rises again soon so i can kind of I, at the moment it's kind of like a tie um there are a few issues with it that I have mainly in the editing, but I can understand reasons for it. My main criticism is how it deals with the action scenes at times. Uh, I'm sure Dave will will have a minor disagreement on that to to some extent. But overall, this is a really good, honest take at the at the character of Batman. Uh, I think the idea of the villains. I don't know if it's by chance. It, it, it's by, by, by chance because you think going from Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy, the next in the villains is Scarecrow or Ra's al Ghul, 
and they just they are perfect for the themes of this film and if you're going to go go do Batman origin and deal with the the theme of fear and 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 all this they are the perfect villains to have there so I don't know whether it's it's just what was written in the stars that this film will come about now um or, or back in 2005 but yeah no it's it is probably the best take on the character that we have seen yet I think guys what do you think I would agree with with elements of that. Well, I would agree with almost all of it, actually. Um, I haven't rewatched the other two Nolans yet. I have just stuck to Batman Begins. But as we came into this series, I had um, one sort of fairly well, in, a couple of well ingrained opinions and one fear, if you like. The two well ingrained opinions were that I thought The Dark Knight was the better film. Uh, but Batman Begins is the best representation we've had of Batman on the big screen. Um, and, and those two are not mutually exclusive points. Um, my fear was uh, the Marvel effect that we've got used now to a Marvel have completely changed the landscape of, of superhero films, largely because they make most of them. So they set the tone. But you go back and watch the original X-Men films now, and I watch them and think, what are you embarrassed about? You know, you are comic book films. And there just seemed to be a time where they were either really kiddie and stupid, or they all wore sort of very heavy fabrics and were overly self-serious. And Marvel have shown that there's a middle path. And I, I watched Spider-Man, I've seen Spider-Man Homecoming twice in the last week, which has come out in the last week or so at the time of recording. And I was really, really fond of it. Is it better than this? No, it's not. I'm not suggesting that for a moment. But I did wonder if revisiting these films, that their hold on the sort of super... The, the zeitgeist has just completely changed. And when you come back to these films, will a sort of real-world, quote-unquote, superhero work? Actually, within a few minutes of watching this film, all that gets forgotten and it draws me in. Um in terms of how I go into this series, thinking of them relative to the other ones, I still think that that now, as I say, Marvel and, and even the DC universe, which hasn't been wildly successful to the, this point, has changed the game. That I that I watch Batman Begins now and think, why can't we just have him in the grey and black and stuff like that? But it wasn't to be. Um, I do think that this is not the sort of Batman that could work in a shared universe and it's no worse for that by any means in terms of the action I, I get Chris's point really I think it depends how how important the action is to you as action for action's sake it's very poor as an edited piece of action to tell the story I think it's very good and uh, we'll get to that as we come to the scenes in question i would never argue with anyone that says this is the best of the, the trilogy. I just don't happen to agree. I think the Dark Knight is the better film, but this is the better this is the better study of Batman, and as such, it was the Batman film I always wanted, and it stands up twelve years later. It depends on what you really what you want from this, because what I kind of get from watching the Nolans is there's you know it, it, it it's what you sort of think of like someone's interpretation of characters, and I know comic book. Um, fans can't you know with all due respect in the world they can get a little bit precious about it you know so yes. like, so so when it's like whether it's batman superman or any character that you want they get like well that's not how that's not how uh 
that character should be should be portrayed is not how they how they see what they grew up with. Now I'm no expert, so I can't tell them. Well, I can't really tell anyone what a certain character would be. But you have to look at this like uh, you have to look at films as interpretations, and it, cause it's an art form. And so, if I was to make a Batman film, I'm sure there'd be people that'll be comic fans would say like, "No, you got that wrong." No, you, you know, you've got, you've got completely wrong. But so you have to remember, this is someone's interpretation of a character. Uh, and sometimes that means bending certain things. It means changing ideas, playing with things. I think even Marvel are doing it even now. They're, cha- they're, you know, they're, they're changing the, the origins of characters. They're playing, they're mixing things around. And, you know, and to be honest, fair enough. You know, it's all part of part and parcel of the art, really. Um, and, you know, I, when I look at Nolan's verse, it's a lot more... World, real world base it's a lot more practical so it's we think about him not being in the right costume it's like well it's more like armor it's it's more logically thought out even when you get into dark knight it's more more um sort of methodical or the fact that well he, well christian bale like his character wants like to move more so it made made, made the armor more flexible you know um it's written in the story as well so there's a lot more sort of real life centered base but ironically this is the lot more comic booky of the three films um one of the things i didn't say was they um gotham actually has a real character in this uh as opposed to the, the other films where they're basically just like like new york and chicago stand-ins they just basically it's like well you just film chicago and you just film new york uh here yeah actually, the narrows disappears as a concept entirely after this film yeah yeah you don't see it anymore do you and the Narrows is... Uh, I only read this today, and it's funny, because I've known this film for so long and watched all the special features. Uh, but Blade Runner was a was yeah. a, um, a, an influence. And I, now, I, now I've read that, I can see it. It's a lot of orange in this film. Also, you've got Rukahara as well, so... Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you've got Rukahara. Um Shame Eyes and Fall couldn't be in it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually for, I actually forgot he was in Blade Runner for a second. So when she said she got it's Rutger Hauer in it, I'm like, what's that got to do with the shape of the fucking arrows? <laughs> <laughs> what, did they all drink Guinness while they were in there? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, we'll come on a little bit to the sort of um, we we ought to talk a little bit after after Becca about um, the sort of lead up to this film because obviously there's eight years from one of the stupidest films ever put to celluloid uh, before we get to this and uh, a sort of growing talent at this point in sort of Christopher Nolan. Uh, Becca, what did you make of Batman Begins? Well, it's like we said before, you know, you've got to have a Dawn of the Day or Batman Forever before you can reach to this point. And obviously, I think this film was certainly one of the main inspiration points for the Bond team, you know, rebooting that franchise. Um, and that was sort of... Um, it's quite difficult for me to say. I mean, I, I did really enjoy it. I, I agree about the issues like surrounding the editing and some of the action sequences. I think in terms of the world building, um, this is, Chris, you're perfectly right. This is pretty much how Batman would operate in today's society. Um, I, I would argue that Gotham is more of a character. I mean, it is obviously perhaps Chicago, but I would perhaps in the first two um, Batman movies, like back in the 80s and 90s, I would say that Gotham does have more of a character um, and then is largely forgotten by the Schumacher movies. But here again, yeah, it stands in as a real character. And again, we'll see that next week. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm loving it on um, on release and watched it again recently for this um, and still really enjoyed it. Um, There's some script elements which don't entirely wash with me. Um, and again, some of the editing is can be quite choppy. Um, 
and yeah, it's just a, there's a couple of during the action scenes, for example, during the, the Tumblr chase. Um, but there are some really cool lines. Um, the cast are absolutely top form, I think. When obviously known as um, a director can be much admired and can really command a, a great cast. Um, I don't think anybody, there's no weak link for me in this film anyway. Even, um, you know, even kind of like background artists, they, you know, they really bring every scene alive, really. Um, I just, no, I, re- I really love this film, really enjoy this film. Um, but again, yes, in, in terms of kind of ranking it in terms of the, the Nolanverse, as, as I'll call it, um, it'll probably be, I don't know, the first one for me so far. Um, but I think, yeah, for me, it's a kind of favourite, definitely in terms of the trilogy. But no, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Well, one of the things that surprised me, actually, from reading up on this film was um, one, of the, one of my big inspirations was actually Superman the movie in terms of its stellar cast. You know, he wanted, mm. he wanted like, an, like, an all-star cast to give this, like, kind of weight of... of I mean, weight um, of importance. Yeah, kind of almost like... Um, I don't, know, I, I don't know what the word just like just just to give this kind of like oh my god this is like sort of ah uh, oh, where's escaping me now? It's like an event movie, really, isn't it? I would say. Basically, yeah. Is it, 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 it's. I like, think you're. I think you're suggesting the gravitas that comes yes. with having um, name actors with uh, CVs that are uh, okay. serious films. Yeah. Um, and just and just like you think, oh, like you know, like actually think, oh, you got that guy, oh, you got that guy, you know. It's like I mean, Michael Caine as Alfred is like you never thought you you get Michael Caine to play Alfred. No, he's you know? not of that stature. Yeah, and and but actually, but, he's ideal in the role. But it's like it's full of that. You got like you know Morgan Freeman. You've you yeah. Know. I mean, how did they manage to get the star of Jaws: The Revenge and the Swarm <laughs> with blue eyes? <laughs> this oh, is a man blue who, ice. who only embraces quality. <laughs> But you know what I mean? He's someone who probably would come at a heavy price, and you, you know you've also got Morgan Freeman, you got Gary Oldman, you got Roger Harrow just showing up for us for a few scenes. <laughs> you got you know you you, know, you even have you even even have like some people just cameos. Um, I, I think one of the unsung heroes is a uh, who does a really good performance is uh, Tom Wilson, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not of an American background, but I thought his accent was fucking dreadful. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, that, that's the problem. I'm, I'm no, I'm no expert on it, but just sometimes they, they just jar wrong to me, and they just jarred badly. And I could just imagine anyone from the United States watching this and going, "Fucking hell, what's that?" <laughs> Reminds me of whenever Bob Hoskins tried to do one. Oh dear, that was terrible. But I do think I don't. His, his was kind of like because you know you've got like Christian Bale, Michael Caine. Well, he doesn't do any kind of accent. He just does Michael Caine. Um, uh, Ken Barlow Jr. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, Ken, yeah, we, um, we must Gary reveal Oldman. Ken Barlow from Coronation Street is grand, is the granddad of Batman. <laughs> Fun fact, folks. Um, and part and probably um, to many others as well. Uh, yeah, because he's he's put it about a bit. We've been we, we delayed recording this to read up on it. Especially, I mean, who else you got? Obviously, Colin McFarlane. Um, <laughs> he's seen Efty. Jeffrey and obviously Joffrey, and all the rest of it. You know, you've got these English. British actors, yeah, none um, of them doing, doing you know, doing American accents. All carb, all, all Ken Barlow. <laughs> but over a thousand women, don't you know? Yeah, and, and Ken Barlow, why just not? during the film into this? <laughs> not over the course of a thousand years on Corrie. But, um, <laughs> but no, obviously you've got a lot of British English actors doing American accents. I would say his, I mean, it's probably the least convincing. But I mean, Tom Wilkinson, he's pretty much solid casting and whatever you go for. 
Um, Carmine Falcone comes from the uh, comic books, or certainly uh, uh, those listening who don't really know the comic books. The disclaimer at the start of this is, haven't read any for a while, so I'll forget what's in what. But I seem to remember Carmine Falcone from The Long Halloween, which is my yeah. favourite. Um, it, it, it's also been Gotham as well, doesn't it? It, 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 it tends to be sort of like the, the, the main gangster family in the Batman universe, isn't it? The yeah, very, very influenced Or, or McConey's or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they're often in sort of tuxes and stuff like that. So it's very like the Godfather in look. Um, they I think are that's the whole style they were going books. for, really, weren't they? Well, they, they haven't so much designed the look around it here. I forget what Carmine Falcone's son is called in it. But yeah, The Long Halloween's really worth a look. But some of those characters you see in this, um, Shaw Flass is in the books as well. Um, Loeb certainly is, although he never looks like this. Loeb is kind of like white and bald and fat in the books. Um but yeah, you can see that there's 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 an effort to make a proper crime thriller. Based what you on mean? Not the not the guy from the fast show? No, uh, <laughs> it's not normally the guy from the fast show. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, if you if you don't know, you have to go around to the fast show. Ball. But he's one of the alternate newscasters who goes, "Hi, I'm at Winchester," and they all do a massive line, and they all got silly names as they go along. So it starts off with the hi, I'm Ed Winchester guy, and it ends up with guy him going, actually, "Hi, I'm." Guy is actually Ed Winchester in most scenes. Is the uh, newsman in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies who says, yeah, he oh, is. It's that yep, guy. we didn't do it. We didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that guy. Yeah. Um, and he's also the guy who does like, the Jamaican uh, rapping or other kind of languages, and he goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about in a West Country accent. Okay. <laughs> First impression you've ever done that didn't sound like Homer Simpson. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they definitely, he, he, re- he referenced, by he, I mean Nolan, referenced um superman the movie uh, has a as an influence on trying to go for such a higher profile prestige cast just to remind ourselves that film had marlon brando it had uh gene hackman uh who else did it have glenn ford so there were some real sort of classic old old names in that terence stamp and sort of more if, if i sat and thought about it so this film has rutger hauer Gary Oldman, uh, you know, and all the names Becca came out with the start at the start of the film. They've put together a prestige cast for this. That's really lots of people I missed out, but I tried to capture the main people. Yeah, no, I think you you, you pretty much did. And, Some of those ones you have to take a deep breath and read the list off imdb.com. Yeah, I mean, this this comes at the end of sort of an eight year period where they were trying to put together uh, other Batman films. Obviously, the first sort of one out of the gate would have been the next Schumacher uh, film. Yeah. Which you can see, you see different names for it in, in different places. I, I've always sort of known it as Batman Triumphant, but I do believe that's not actually correct. I think it might have been Unchained, something like that. Uh, but this was going to have the Scarecrow in it. A script was written uh, that the Scarecrow was obviously going to uh, induce fear, uh, as he does, and that fear was going to uh, give visions of the Joker. So there was talks of, of Jack Nicholson reprising, uh, but frankly, the, the the sort of backlash to Batman. You, you mean we're going to see the death of his parents again? <laughs> I would have thought so, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, uh, but you've you've then got uh, him talking about wanting to do Year One Schumacher, which I just don't know if he's right for that, but maybe who knows. Um, uh, and then it goes through, as I say, that gets cancelled because terrible reviews, uh, big dropping gross. 
So then there was talk of a Batman Beyond film. Uh, I seem to remember there was talk of Darren Aronofsky coming in and doing an adaptation of Year One, but Alfred in that was going to be a car mechanic called Big Al or something. There was a hell of a lot of sort of moving away from anything we understand as as as, uh, sort of the Batman mythos as we know it anyway. There was also next to talk of a Batman Superman film. Oh God, yeah. Uh, there was a script for that. Was uh, it Arnie Hammer going to be uh, going to be in it with? Uh... Yeah. I've heard rumours of Colin Farrell and Jude Law. Um, and uh, what I've read of the script outline, I can barely remember. But it it it's to do with uh, Bruce's wife getting killed, bit licensed to kill. I think it's after their wedding. Um, oh. But it was going to be directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, right. I'm not quite sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard rumours of lots of different people because but Aronofsky, I know there was talk of Bale, but in this, I, I think it was Jude Law and Colin Farrell were, were certainly going to to be with that. And this goes alongside all of the super aborted Superman projects we've we've talked about before as well. I, I'm not quite sure why um, this one got canned, Batman versus Superman. I don't know if it's because... And Warner Brothers have had a habit of doing this over the years. They did it with Aquaman. They've done it with a few things lately. That they have a tendency to uh, have competing scripts. And I, I do wonder if it just they just had competing scripts, so they ended up just getting binned. I I, I guess it was just all very up in the air at the moment. Still trying to figure out was wasn't it? I mean, I, um, I, I guess it did. I think I think they probably just needed some time away from Batman. Just let the wounds of Batman and Robin just sort of. Heal. And I think that back. was wise. I mean, you could reboot it immediately, but I mean, they look, look what they tried. They tried that with Spider-Man right after Spider-Man Three. I know four or five years went by, but it was in production reasonably quickly as an idea. Mm. And I don't know. You end up being not. You, you learn all the wrong lessons. You know. You think, well, that was a bit silly. Let's go really, you know, dark or whatever. Yeah. I, th- I think you end up on the rebound from the previous film almost. Um, I know that there was t- uh, Joss Whedon I heard mentioned, uh, but I know nothing about what he pitched. Um, and then we come to what we, we know. Uh, Christopher Nolan was hired. I believe he approached David S. Goya because he wanted someone who knew the Batman mythos better than he did. Um, and they basically sat in, in the garage at, um, at Nolan's house and, and planned all of this out. Yeah, and it's the most linear one. I mean, the, the other films are very, very heavy in terms of themes and like ideas and 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 also character developments as well. This one is very much like the lot more straightforward of the, of the three. Um, it has a theme, but it's just it's just telling us a story, and yeah. um, I, 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 you know, it's probably all the better for it. Um, in terms of, they did take a bit of a pump with this. It still cost $150 million. When you think, all right, he'd done Insomnia with uh, Al Pacino oh, yeah. and Robin Williams. Williams. That was a good film. Uh, it's one of my least favourite Nolans, but that's not to say it's not a good film. I, I love just, it. I, I just think the bar is quite high with Nolan. Um, have you seen which, the original? The, I think it's, yeah, I have, that's a brilliant film yeah. as well. So I, I haven't seen the original, but... Um, I'd probably I, say it's one of the where. Where, you know, rare times where the remake. Not that the original isn't very good. I think still think it's excellent. But for me, it's one of the rare exceptions where the remake is better than the original. It's one um, of the few times a Nolan film's bored me a bit. 
there are shots uh-huh. in this. I mean, it is one of the film, one of the Nolan films where I mean, you'll probably see some moments in this film. But the, there are moments in, in the Insomnia where you see some landscape shops and you think, fucking hell, he would make a good Bond film. <laughs> you would, you yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. He would in 2010 because he made Inception. Well, he made... That, no, that wasn't like, a Bond film. Technically, this it's Batman Begins is a Bond film, technically. There, there, there are like, elements of it. It's not, a te- it's not technically, is it? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to think about use of that word technically. There's no technical, <laughs> well, kind of. well, it's kind of funny because Sam Mendes' huge inspiration for uh, Skyfall was The Dark Knight, wasn't it? So, uh, well, there we are. So, so it's kind of... Goes back on each. It obviously must be technically a Batman film. It must be. He's an right. agent. He's got gadgets. He's got lots of money. He's got government agency behind him. Technically, it's a piece of theatre, but you know, it's a film, <laughs> really. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, um, it's not a Bond film, obviously. Uh, obviously not. But at the at this point, Insomnia was reasonably um, successful, I believe. It's you know, it certainly had a you know, reasonable critical response. But at this point, his his big calling card was still Memento. Mm. Tiny film, not a huge amount of money behind it. A little art housey sort of curio, really, in a lot of ways. Brilliant. Technically, yes. Using the right word, you know, the right iteration of the word there. Obviously, well, I was joking before, but no, technically, it's a bit of a mini marvel, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantastic film, Memento. If you've not seen it, folks, seek it out because it's still it. well worth your watch. It, it's still in the argument for Nolan's best film, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, so to give him a hundred and fifty million dollar budget, I think, yeah, there's an element of risk in this, and it, and it only came in at about three seven four. When you think the year before, sorry, the year after, they rebooted Superman. Well, they didn't reboot him really, did they? They kind of did almost a continuation, <laughs> thing. but they brought Superman back. It did about twenty five million dollars more. No, it didn't. It did about fifteen or sixteen more. Thinking about it, I think it did about three ninety. And it did less in America than this one, but not by a lot. And that was deemed a failure. And, you know, Superman disappeared for another seven years. You know, it, it is, I suppose it's because it was, by comparison, only, in inverted commas, $150 million, not well north of, of 200 But it wasn't the most massive success in the world. It's only done sort of two and a half times its budget. Um, but I think, I think its critical um, response has probably been part of what powered it through to, to such successful sequels. Do you, do you think uh, DC kind of like mildly kicking themselves, or DC and one of us, that the fact that they didn't have the idea of making it a shared universe while they're making Superman Returns and this film? Um, I don't know, is the honest answer to that. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've clearly had the thought in the past because they were talking about putting mm. Batman and Superman together. Whether it was going to be the big sort of Marvel experience, possibly not. But, but it's something that's never been done, has it? Never no, been, it's, in terms also... of universe, in terms of actual franchise. Because I think the idea of Batman and Superman was kind of like more as its own established universe. I don't yeah, think... and I never wanted a crossover, Chris, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to Marvel. It's only a couple of series away until we'd like to start it anyway. Um, but... <sighs> The end result with Marvel have been films that I think are good, frequently no better than good, but the universe is, it's its more than the sum of its parts. The individual films half the time I just think are pretty decent, all right, but overall I think what they're tre- achieving is tremendous. But at the same time, it wasn't something I ever wanted. I don't want Batman in a shared universe, really. 
he's got no powers, you know, and you just think all of Gotham's problems could just be solved so easily by <laughs> others if you're going to put him in that universe. But so, yeah, I don't know whether they kick themselves. If you wanted a shared universe, I don't think Nolan's the way to go. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's true. I mean, possibly I was thinking maybe if they got someone else rather than Nolan or... Because I can't see Nolan doing that myself. I was just thinking it as an idea for the studio going forward, you know, in terms of what we know now. Yeah. Everything's sort of becoming shared, yeah. isn't it, these days? It's, like, it's, got to the, it's got to the fucking point of stupidity now. What, yeah, with, we've got, like, the mummy... Uh, the, the uh, the horror movie shared Universal universe Monsters and... series going to be in the shared universe. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. And even speaking about... You know, put, putting Bond in like a shared universe. I'm like, no, he belongs on his own. Well, yeah. is it, that's, that's that's the weird thing, isn't it? I mean, like, I I, I, I suppose I, when that came out about the uh, doing the shared, I mean, what what they're gonna do? Have like a Miss Money Penny film or something? Well, I think, yeah, they're <laughs> gonna have the Felix Leiter spin-off, weren't they? And kind of other double O's and everything. I don't want to see a Felix Leiter spin-off at all. Well, that's it exactly. I mean, and I then what's just... gonna have other double O's? And it's like, well, that just devalues Bond if there's. It really does. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think it's just this no. is the trend at the moment, it's just the way things are going. Um, no. And we'll see we'll see what happens. But whether we I, agree I, or not, I that's another gets, story. I think it gets forgotten now that when you look back on Marvel's shared universe. When they threw um, Nick Fury in at the end of the credits for Iron Man, I think it was just a little Easter egg. I don't think they knew for certain by any means that was going to be the case. And really, it didn't kind of ramp up until sort of after Iron Man 2. They didn't make another film for a couple of years after The Incredible Hulk. Uh, So I, I think it was just something they wanted to do, something that they saw as possible. But it took a while to coalesce into anything. Whereas now, the moment they come up with a film idea, it's, well, how does this fit into a wider universe? And the dark universe is a perfect example of that. The, the, the idea around the mummy, you hire Tom Cruise, which is quite lazy casting in itself, and it's going to be this shared universe. And it's like, well, put a couple of films out first and let's see if there's any appetite for it. Man of Steel came out. And whatever you think about it, it, it was a few months later they, they settled on, right, we're going to expand this out. Yeah, it's no, really. it, it kind of, it's weird, Man of, Man of Steel just felt like, oh, again, than like Nolan one-off. Well, like, not one-off, but in terms of like, well, there's no other universe beyond this, because I can't see any of the characters adapting to it. So. And it took them a while to figure out what that shared universe would yeah. look like anyway. Forget the quality for a minute, because people will be listening to this and going, well, it's shit anyway, apart from Wonder Woman or whatever. For, forget what you think about it. I mean, I just put to mean the ideas. All sorts of things were coming out about that. They were talking about having the John Blake character coming in from, um, from Dark Knight Rises yeah. and things like that. When they first announced Batman Superman, I don't think they had a clue what this universe was going to look like. Uh... And I just think, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing rather than announcing everything up front and having everything as a smaller part of a, of a larger whole. And I, I think that's not how... And a lot of people find Christopher Nolan pretentious, but I certainly don't disagree with the attitude that he took during this series of concentrate on the film you're on. You know, a motion yeah. picture. It's a great privilege to make a motion picture with hundreds of millions of dollars put behind it. That's a great privilege, and to just see it as a setup for something else kind of almost devalues the work you're doing. And I think Marvel are almost the exception that proves the rule rather than the blueprint for what everyone else should be doing. 
yeah, they still seem to, they seem to kind of like draw. They, they allow the filmmakers enough creative freedom to make the film they want. They just like they, they give them like the, the framework. Like, well, it needs to fit in this framework. Now you do what you can do in this kind of like framework that that we need to need to fit in. And I think it's kind of that kind of like that that balance of, um, you know, of allowing creative freedom, but within their premises of where they're heading in a, in a direction. So yeah, so because consequently, I go into this film. I went into this film uh, just a little bit nervy because I, I knew I'd like it. I've always liked it, but this this producing a, a superhero film that fits into no larger narrative whatsoever, where they're in sort of functional things that don't look anything like their comic book counterparts, I think is 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 almost becoming a museum relic now. But let's see how they did, folks. Shall we discuss this film sequentially? Yeah, go on then. Why not? <laughs> oh, why not? Uh, it's Barry Norman. Great, the late great Barry Norman. Uh, uh, Barry Norman would have loved this. Um, he would have, you know. And, yeah. And before eating a jar of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so... Um, so, well, it was in brand of Jar of Pickles, didn't he? So, so there we are. So we start off with, as all the Nolan films start off, and you, know, and you get like uh, essentially the uh, creation of the bat signal. Oh yeah, well yeah, the, the bat symbol. Uh, this time it's dusk, the orange dusk, which is the colour palette of the film. Um, yes. I, I, yeah, it kind of literally sets the colour tone. I, I don't, I don't know if you noticed. Um, I've only came up with this recently. That this is kind of almost like meant to be like sort of dusk, also like. Um, and then, sort of, Dark Knight is kind of like, sort of like a, a steely blue. Yeah. What would you say the colour palette of the Rises is? Would you kind of say it's like the no one's done like a Dusk Night and more, Dawn? I, I think I, I think two and three are kind of similar, but yeah, it's kind of a blue versus kind of almost like a white. Mm. Yeah, kind of blue, uh, white, a lot, grey. A lot of a lot of the last one is sort of in well, obviously darkness with Bane, but then you've got like winter, haven't you, and snow and stuff. So I, I think the colour palettes are similar, but yeah, it, it's an even colder colour palette than The Dark Knight. This, by comparison, has quite a warm colour palette. Yeah. And it so doesn't look like the other films, partly because of money. An awful lot of what we see of Gotham, not the not the establishing shots, because they're largely CG with real buildings comped in. But with um, with sort of the narrows, that's all a set. And I don't think they use sets in two and three anywhere near as much, and so consequently, two and three feel more of a piece than this does. Yeah, with, with any of them. But I think that's what I kind of like about this, though. I like how it uses uh, a mixture of both. I mean, Nolan has done more, we really lean on more practical, real-world settings, and um, then he does CGI. We first to he first that as a choice, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I do like the, the aesthetic. It makes it feel more of a lived-in world. That you know, it feels more of a comic book world. You know, um, and it, yeah. So I think something is lost in the other films. I think it just, just feels like well, you know, just just feels like the streets of New York, or it just feels like the streets of Chicago. You can stylize this one a little bit better because yeah. the narrows doesn't really exist anywhere in the real world, and it looks realistic without looking real. Yeah, um, and that's both to its. I think it's both a plus point and a minus point, actually, because it makes the film look a little bit cheaper. But at the same time, I always think Batman works a little bit better in something a little bit more stylized. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like in all three films that sort of brief 
oh, it's the bat symbol, and then we're yeah. on to something else. In the second one, it's in fl- blue fire, effectively, isn't it? Yeah, blue uh, fire and, and then ice breaking. One, it's in ice. Yeah, yeah, ice breaking. Uh, and then we cut straight to uh, it's a very young Bruce playing with Rachel. He <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of like goes. To that, it starts from like a like a, a, a like a, a sweeping camera shot as a, as the two like kind of chase like play chasing each other. Yeah. They're doing the finders keepers things. What is it that Rachel grabs? Is it like an arrowhead or is it like a stone? It is almost, I, I don't know if it's a real. I think it's a stone that is shaped like an arrowhead. Right. Okay. Was, I, I don't know if it's that or maybe it was like a stone in the shape of a leaf. I, you know, it's. It looks like an arrowhead to me. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I always thought it was an arrowhead, but. Mm. But whatever. She, she finds something. It's like a, a, a thing that they have. They put the finders keepers. Um, Young Bruce sort of grabs it and runs off and hides, and then he hides like inside like an old well, um, and the and the wood underneath. Well, he, he actually, yeah, he just he's on top of a, 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 a sort of covered over well. Yeah, I don't think he realizes, does he? He's yeah. just hiding behind something, and then the wood gives way underneath him. Yeah, and he's and he falls down, and then it like, Rachel, and then Rachel, Rachel. That image, that imagery is echoed in the final film when he's in prison. Yeah. Uh, but, so yeah, he's broken his arm. Yeah. But yeah, he's on the floor, and, and Rachel goes to get some help. <laughs> yeah, and you get and a big we... scope of like the big mansion that you know, you know, obviously it's filmed in England this bit. But um, I just love the look of Wayne Manor in this. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty epic, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, then he kind of he gets engulfed by bats, which kind of straight onto symbolizes the you know, what what he kind of goes comes to be afraid of. And you you cut straight to older Bruce uh, in a foreign land, in a foreign prison. Just want to make a quick point about those uh, uh, bats, because the only time we've seen this represented to this point was in Batman Forever, mm. where it's this almost elegant bat flying with a light background towards him. I, the I way he's watching... by this is a shock on the big screen, because yeah. there's a silence, then a slight rumble... You can understand how this has traumatized him. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. Rather than having a big, huge bat flapping in his face. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. He's he's now uh, in prison. Yeah, he's uh, he's in prison. We don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of odd storytelling this for the first part. But um, I I think and I, I think what sort of what. Um, Becca was saying in terms of like she had issues with the editing. I I I can I I had a few issues with it, uh, just because it just felt a little bit. God, we just let the scene breathe a little bit, but then yeah, we, sometimes it does get a bit too choppy for its own good. But then again, it, it's a, but I understand why because it's a neat way to kind of like get a lot of information in fast. And if it, oh yeah, definitely. I'm, it, I'm you know I'm not saying that just because yeah. of, you know I don't understand I mean, what what is what they're trying to do. But it's kind of here we're kind of it's the birth of like yeah. shaky cam and all that kind of style of editing, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. don't think of this film as particularly shaky cam, if I'm honest. But I'm happy to be disagreed with. No, I, I don't. I won't call it shaky cam. No, it, I don't, not, and it's more kind of like really frenetic sort of style yeah. use, use of the camera. But just in terms of the edi- editing and how choppy yeah. it is. Um, but no, I mean, I so, say you know it's not. It's one of my most minor grumbles about this film. That's yeah. largely, you know, probably I eight or nine out of scene, ten, I would say. Action-wise, this scene gives me more problems than almost anything else in the film because 
uh, we're, we're, the problem is he's not. It is quite a difficult scene to balance because when you think about it, we're, we're about to go through a lot of him being trained to fight. Mm. So you can't have a properly well shot film of him fighting extraordinarily well before he's trained, but at the same time you have to have that. There's enough natural talent there that he's fought fought off six or seven prisoners, most of them bigger than him, yeah. and all in there for quite nasty things. So it's quite difficult, but I always thought that, hang on a minute, we've introdu- been introduced to this guy, we have one shot of his face, and the first action scene, we immediately cover them all in mud and can't tell who anyone is. <laughs> I, I don't think that's good. Yeah. No, it gets a bit confusing, doesn't it? I, I mean, it, it, it does have a good joke where he's just sort of like, oh, you know, I don't need protection, no protection from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he get these squares up. He's meant to have sort of like built up that this guy's always kind of been picking on him, um, but he's also sort of considering him practice. So he's like, obviously, he's been he's going around the place. He's been fighting loads of people. Um, I, I think what happens in terms of when he gets put into the cell and, and the cards there, um, it's not about necessarily his fighting skills. It's about his focus and his attitude, really. Um, it's it's more about the it's more psychological drive. rather than yeah drive. it's drive um, gi- giving him purpose because he's still trying to find himself really he doesn't you know he do- he do- he he doesn't quite know um, he hasn't really sort of found himself he's not confronted with his fear yet he's just kind of like he's just ch- he's basically just running away from himself so I think to go into like the the training aspect is more to do with that rather than like well you know you you hand to hand combat that plays into it obviously but yeah uh, so Descartes is there magically and I I actually think this is this is for me the Achilles heel of Nolan films I was about to say Nolan's Achilles heels but obviously uh, each of his films are kind of written by different people. Sometimes it's him, as in Inception. Sometimes it's Brother. Sometimes it's David S. Goya. Sometimes it's some combination thereof. But I do find uh, the dialogue that comes out of Ducard very perfunctory, very about getting themes and ideas across as efficiently as possible. So you think he talk a bit too plainly for you, a bit too like, you know, let's make it completely obvious. I think so. I think I've got that problem all the way through the films, and I think it's worse than the third one. Um, it was—it's never been a massive problem, but I, I, I think there are there are better dialogue writers out there than whoever is, tends to work on the average Nolan films. What do you think of uh, Leslie? Uh, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. I thought it was really funny. Didn't What's know he was in that? There? Oh my god! You, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm just thinking of Leslie Nielsen in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Tra- training. <laughs> nice beaver. <laughs> okay, so I mean that Lee Neeson, the okay. sequitur ever. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking about the dialogue skills and a scene between like Yoda and Batman, effectively. <laughs> and you ask me what I think of Leslie Nielsen. Brilliant. Yeah, what do you think of Lee, uh, Lee Neeson in, in this role? <laughs> it didn't that's even occur to me. That's what you meant. I was like, what about? Um, <laughs> the great thing about Liam Neeson and it followed right the way through to sort of the Taken films and things like that is um, he has aged so well and kept himself so fit that you believe 
he's a 50 or 60 something depending on the film who can kick your ass but knows a bit of life as well um you know i i can totally get why you would cast liam leeson into this role I, yeah, I, I was I was going to say I think he's I can't think of anyone better to play the uh, I don't want to to play okay should we say Raz Argyle I was going to sort of like show we... oh no no let's just do it because <laughs> um, yeah that's old now come it, on you've had time to get over it yeah yeah I mean I mean it's plus it does it it's not that surprising uh, no, to, to, is it really Keno Watanabe spilt his Guinness when he found out he wasn't the real Raz Ken Van Watanabe. <laughs> um, but it's I like his Murphys. He wasn't. Well, well, given the fact that he's got more, he's got the beard as well. <laughs> I, I kind of think his sort of facial hair in this film looks a bit fake. I don't know if it is or it isn't. It just to me, it does look a little bit faux fur. Yeah. Um, but no, he's, he's definitely the only sense. You know, he's, he's got the physical presence. He's, he, he, you know. he could get into ISIS because he could grow beard in half an hour, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you, uh, you, you do believe that whatever his age is going to kick your ass and not feel, not give a shit about it, basically. Yeah, but he's, he's got a, a good sense of mentorness about him, like sort of worldly kind of. Um, he can play smart as well. Yeah, if you want a wise leader, good or bad, hire Leslie Nielsen. Um, <laughs> Liam Neeson. Hire oh, yeah, Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I think that's my favourite apart from. So for the rest of the film, when Batman's hair gets mixed up, you know, messed up, he can turn mm. to another camera and it's perfect. <laughs> <Just like Leslie. laughs> so he tells him to go and find some hill that has a certain blue Snowden. flower. Yeah. And then bring it to the temple. So he basically he's got a like. Right. He gets released, which I'm not sure how long he's been in prison for, or what. I mean, if it was he just like there for a week, the house of work, or Who but knows? anyway, uh, yeah. So he 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 travels. He's finding the flower. He goes up to the temple. He finds Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna call him that from, from now on. In it's gonna be Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I'm just. It's just fucking with the images in my head now. <laughs> Uh, and, uh... I mean, that would have worked because it was Adam West Batman, I guess. Oh, yeah. Anyway, go on, sorry. So he gets to the temple, he's exhausted. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of challenged him to a fight. He said, Death does not allow you to wait. And then basically just kicks his ass. And then. Uh, oh, what I. I had a bit of a Roger, a Roger Moore stroke Austin Powers flashback on this because he was naming the martial arts forms he was doing as he was kicking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Judo. Judo. Judo chop. <laughs> <laughs> All he was missing was that ha- hanging bar that he can jump up and kick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. He does. He does name all the uh, kind of styles. He goes, ah, oh, this style, oh, this style. Um, and he sort of tells him, like, yeah, you, yeah, you're, you're afraid, but not on me. What is you're afraid of? Um, and then you cut back to uh, younger Bruce, where he's getting picked up from uh, from his dad, from uh, that's right, yeah. from William Roach Junior. From yeah, from yeah, from Ken Barlow Jr. Who's <laughs> only had half the women. That is half. On this trajectory, Batman's going to have two hundred and fifty. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh dear, foreign listeners, just going. What are they on about? <laughs> it's a real nondescript soap. Where and this guy's been in, in about Street, and he's been in it forever. Yeah. But he's had loads of girlfriends and wives and stuff like that. 
But in real life, he ended up admitting in court that he's had like nearly a thousand women. Yeah, like, he's a bit of a yeah. man, shall we say? And when you look at him, you're just like, well, there's nothing wrong with him, but fucking hell, really? This is not Gene Simmons, trust me. <laughs> um, but his son, Linus Roach, is is um, Thomas Wayne in this film. Uh, where do they go from there? Um, well, we, he... we don't go to the. Yeah, do we or do no, we? Well, no, he he he, uh, he he picks him up, he gets carried in, he meets, uh, we, we see Alfred, Michael Caine's Alfred. And you uh, get that line, boy, yeah. this point. Yeah. So um, we can learn to pick ourselves up. Uh, and then we have, Thomas tells him uh, that the bats uh, were scared of him. It's like, he's, so, it's, so it's also that sort of symbol of like, sort of, oh, they were especially scared of you, you were scared of them. They were even more scared, even scary ones. Um, yes. Which kind of plays into the psyche of what his how he goes about being Batman. And actually, if you think about it, it, it means that he, when he becomes Batman, there's nothing to say he won't still feel some fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get that. So we get that. Um, and then... Sh- sh- yeah, so he's made, he's made that point. Um, and then there's then we get... Then they get cut straight to uh, when they're tra- where they're on that train, on, the, on that kind of like overhead... Look at um, subway. Right. So again, I... the film very much being laid out through dialogue, which is which is very much a Nolan trait. Mm. But I've always liked this. I mean, one of the things that did come along with with the sort of Frank Miller era and stuff was this argument that well, like, if, well, if Batman's that good, why is the city so fucked up, or, or why do the cops need him so bad, and that sort of thing? And and the point is, they're corrupt. And that is very, very important. And and as a result of just, it's just a diseased city. And I like this take of the Wayne family seeing poverty as 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 a tragedy, and and doing what they can to alleviate the suffering of others. Mm. I mean, he even has him like sort of like, oh, I work at a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, and he I'll... says better people than me, better. Well more interested yeah perhaps you know people who can focus a bit better the only thing is there's a certain ego to uh to it it all leads to that and he points at this massive wing tower yeah it's uh it's uh public cheap public transportation was the whole idea so with the family fortune or some of the family fortune he's built this sort of elevated train network yeah, but it's, which uh, which isn't focused on any of us, but it kind of gets destroyed in this one, doesn't it? So I guess. But again, Gotham doesn't look remotely the same in any no. of the rest of the films. There's one yeah. or two streets that do. One or two streets do. The street that leads up to Wayne Tower, which is the same building they used for the Daily Planet in the new universe, um, it, it looks the same, but very little of it does. You used to, I mean, you've got wide establishing shots of Gotham in this film, and they're, they're CG. In later films, you get a wide establishing shot and it's clearly New York and you just go, I, I don't really like the lack of continuity in the look at all. Mm. You think, I, like... I don't mind, well, I don't mind the idea. I mean, when they said they started using Pittsburgh for rises and they said, and Nolan made the point, well, it could be different parts of the town. And I thought, yeah, I'll buy into that. But on wide establishing shots, just to throw in shots of what are so obviously New York, I just thought, yeah. why, why can't you... Especially, especially got, with CGI, you can make like an interesting meld of two different can types. Vary it because they're using real buildings and yeah. stuff like that in there. And I just think you already had it in Batman Begins. Use that. I didn't like that, and I didn't like the idea of getting rid of the Narrows because the Narrows is meant to be the sort of crime central, but it's on an island, 
and I like it when Arkham's on an island and Arkham is in the Narrows. Yeah. So there are there are bits of the geography of this film that we kind of lose later on, and I, I do like it here. I do like it a lot. But yeah, they're on the way to the opera because they're all well, father and son are wearing yeah. uh, dinner jackets, and obviously she's wearing a dress with pearls because they always she? wear pearls. Who's, who's she? Martha. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, Martha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, they, they, they go into the theatre. We have like, um, the, is, it, is it an opera? It, uh, it is an opera. I've forgotten the name of it now. To be honest with you, I did know at one point, but it yeah. is an opera. Obviously, in the original law, they were at the cinema. They went to see the Mark of Zorro in the original um, layout. Oh, okay. The new in the new continuity, i.e., the the Batfleck continuity. I think they were going to see Excalibur, but yeah, it's it's the opera here. They're seeing Excalibur. Yeah, look at go and watch Batman Superman again. Okay, was was that? I think they're walking a, out from Excalibur. Was that some random? 19, the nineteen eighty one version. Yeah. And when you think of the, when you think of the age of Ben Affleck, that'd be about right. Yeah, yeah you have to kind of age it properly, don't you? Well, yeah, well, it could have, it could have been the Mask of Zorro or something, but yeah. Was was that a random, the chosen? Film or I couldn't tell you for the Batflick version, but when I think there's an awful lot of Zorro in Batman as mm. a as an idea, yeah. I can sort of see why you go and see the Mark of Zorro. Yeah, but obviously it's a it's a it's an opera here where there are presences on stage where they look like bats in silhouette anyway, mm. and it kind of like flashes to like seeing like screeching bats, wing bats. It's kind of like you kind of get the impression of him kind of still traumatized by it. But he's only about. Ten, yeah. isn't he? So he's terrified. Yeah. So he wants to. So he wants to leave, and I and and Thomas Wayne does doesn't make a big deal of it. He goes, "Yeah, come on, let's get, come on, let's get out of here." Oh, it's my fault. You know, yeah. I love that as well. He takes it all for his son. I actually think this boy does a pretty good job. Yeah, he's quite effective, isn't he? Yeah, what, I mean, what, he's not. What the young kid? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's not annoying. Well, that, no, that's, some some directors I mean, can that, be that, quite that, annoying, that, but he's really effective. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big the... bar to jump. Yeah. yeah. It's not be irritating. Yeah. <laughs> or scary. Yeah. So um, they, they leave out of Back Alley, which goes is one of the things that always get criticised about this story. Why don't you just go out fucking foyer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unless they didn't want to be seen going out, though. Maybe it was some gala event because it was an opera, and of course he's the richest man in town. Could be. I mean, it's it's never really explained, but I think for the purpose of like of what happens, it's like, it'll be, yeah. it'll be difficult to sort of like, have that done in the open. Well, you never get Martha going like, why are we going this way, you bellend? Yeah. <laughs> We're really rich, why are we going down somewhere called Crime Alley? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, okay, so uh, Joe Chill, uh, well, a, a character who is then named as Joe Chill, uh, to, uh, basically mugs him, and he... Drops the wallet, doesn't he? Or, do, or, yeah. he, or on purpose, or was just that? No, I think I. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't swear, but I think it was an accident. Yeah. I so think he, the guy's the guy is jittery and a bit shaky. Yeah. So when he puts his hand out to grab it, there's that moment of they don't know who's holding it, and it just yeah. gets dropped. I, I I like how this plays out because you get you do get the impression that it was he is very very nervous, very kind of like. Uh, you, can, you can tell it's not just a flat out just uh, a bastard murdering robber. He's just he's just someone who's who is no, like, there's desperate. A, there's a tragedy to yeah. poverty in this continuity. It, it's quite political in its way. 
this film and and they say there's a tragedy to poverty and even later when you see him in court for like what i assume is a parole hearing i didn't know they were held publicly like that perhaps they are uh yeah uh, he looks like a guy from the wrong side of the tracks trying to smarten himself up for court mm. i think he's really well cast i mean yeah to, to, to answer the public one um that there was a bit of dialogue that Ra- rachel um says that the the judging system are making it public which was like insinuating the the the, the corruption that he's under marconi's Okay. Well, so they okay. made the problem to be able to assassinate him. Um, I thought I just might throw in that. That might okay. answer the question. But um, yeah, um, so it there is um, there is that desperation even when like when Wayne gets shot, it's all dumped out of like a, a sudden movement, more than anything, and panic. And and even when he shoots uh, Martha, there's like it just seems like he just goes off just out of the just trying to get the diamonds, and he just pegs it as soon as he gets it. So. Um, so there, yeah, it's not yeah. Rather than just so, it just does feel very sort of more real, real world. You kind of get the sense of what why this how it happened the way it did. You know, yeah. I mean, I've heard people criticise this scene. I, but, I'm never quite sure on the basis of what, but I've heard people podcasting with people with you, in fact, and others that where they've I've heard them say I had a problem with the Nolan Crime Alley as well, but. That was in the context of talking about the uh, DC yeah. Extended Universe version, and I hate that version, where you know he throws the first punch and, and the gun has to go right up in her face under her pearls. It, it, I just think it's really overdone. Here you've just got the tragedy of poverty, and it's all very well acted. Thomas is very calm under under pressure and stress, which is something he'll have to hand over to his boy. Uh, yeah, the only... Thing I had issue I had with it is I'm not sure after after getting shot and your wife getting shot to to be talking to your son is like hey I'm gonna give you the calmly the the moral thing it's okay it's okay you don't have you know and I was thinking I don't buy that necessarily I just be like would that really yeah could it really happen you know I, yeah I struggled with that a little bit as well that was the only um, part of it that I was like okay and th- and there's a lot made about basically kind of you know how they blame thomas and how basically how how he failed to act and he, you know how he could have done more so there's a lot of kind of blame placed on him um but i think it's a little bit unfair but yeah i kind of i was a little bit like really really but otherwise no i think it's you know it's, it's simply done it doesn't go into like too much detail you do see you know Douglas between you know kind of the poverty and crime um and i think it's a, it's a well done scene yeah compared to what we've seen before in iterations yeah, so I was, I was happy with it. Uh, where do we go from there? Uh, we we go straight to the the scene where he's in the police station. It's, it's actually quite a oh, of course, yeah. Gordon puts um, his dad's coat the on coat him. around him. Yeah, uh, which Lovely. is a good instruction for Gary Oldman's uh, Gordon. It, it plants the seed of like of someone he can trust later on, and yeah, it just shows Jim- just, like what a good guy he is under you know. It's like Gordon begins as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah, kind of. Well, it is really because he's like a sergeant at this point. Yeah, yeah, he goes sergeant, then lieutenant, and then eventually ended up as commissioner, won't he? So. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. if you look at just the point we talk about um, influences on different parts of this film, Jim Gordon here is the Batman Year One Jim Gordon. If you go and look that up in an image search, Gary Oldman looks ex- exactly like him. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like just a thinner version with a moustache, isn't it? Really. 
It was just... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really cool. There's, there's scenes later on, uh, the first time uh, they sort of come across each other where he goes out at night dressed all in black, but not he's not Batman yeah. yet. That's from year one as well. Uh, I've always liked this scene. I've, I've just, I just think... I just think it was important to do that, to just show a, the boy a little bit of compassion, because we know he's got Alfred, but there's always been something austere about him being brought up in this massive fucking mausoleum of a place by an old man dressed formally. I, I just like that there was that bit of human connection for him mm. after the worst yeah. night. And he would never have forgotten Jim Gordon after that, would he? No, and I think it plays nicely into uh, Rises uh, when it, when it references that scene again in that film. That does strike does strike a little bit of emotional tear for me. So I agree. Um, so yeah, so we get that scene. Uh, where do we go to next? Uh, we, we must go back. Biologically, we must go back to the training in Ducard and that. Uh, it kind of flips between, doesn't it? It kind of pops and yeah. jumps between. I think, and I, I think, talking about editing, I know you mean choppiness and fighting and all the rest of it, but how this first act of the film is cut together, yeah. we never get too much of any one thing, and we get the things we need to get. So we've had. Yes, yeah, it's, it's still it's really easy to follow. I just mean, like, sometimes, um, I mean, I'm, in terms of editing, I'm. I think it's probably where I'm getting a bit older, maybe, but I kind of like to know what's going on. And there are some action scenes in this film that are perhaps it's a little bit too choppy, just for my yeah. liking. I think I, in, I this, in terms of the opening scenes of this film, where you flip between the different timelines, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Um, it's done in such a way that you can still comprehend what's going on, and they feed into each other really well. So you kind of do get that really good narrative flow. But yeah. it's uh, sometimes you think, oh my god, can you just let the scene breathe a little bit, or like, but it's, yeah. It, I, I would, I would it's got say, a lot to get through, though, and, it, I, and it's already a two-hour, twenty-minute film. I, I would say, yeah, would you would be a good. It'll be two hour, well, be four hours, hours forty-minute podcasts. <laughs> I would yeah. say this. We're going to JBR territory. I would say this for Nolan, and he does it in Inception. Really, it's a good way to get information or a lot of information in a, a lot of time, but also it actually adds element of pace to it as well. So even with scenes where it's just basically just scenes of people just talking to each other, there is a very Sustained peace to yeah. that. If the, you went through that. Lydia from where he fell in to that thing, or through his parents getting shot, then through like him in prison, yeah. then through his training, actually between that you would have him going to shoot Joe Chill and it, you know, yeah, all yeah. the stuff we're going to get to. But it would just feel like the most interminable kind of when are we going to get to the point? But because they cross cut so well. Sometimes it's clearly what Bruce is thinking about at that point. Clearly, it's a point where he has to almost get something across to Ducard. Sometimes it's telling us why he's there at that point. How the hell did he end up thousands of miles from home by himself when he's one of the richest men in the world? So, yeah, I think it's quite masterfully done. I think before we go to the training, I think I'm right in saying... We have the, this, we have the funeral, don't we? we have the... Yeah, it's the last bit where we see the little boy before yeah. it becomes... Uh, where he's saying it was my fault, Alfred. Yeah, and isn't isn't um, isn't and he so warm, Alfred? There, I he says what his um, dad says, doesn't he? He says, "Why are we four? Um Which is kind of it is there, isn't it? Yeah, he does say that. I'm there. not sure, but he says it was nothing. He said it was my yeah. fault, Alfred. If I didn't want to leave, and and he's saying it's nothing you did. Yeah. Mm. Um. It was it it was him 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 alone. Um. And yeah, he, he he does sort of reiterate the sort of like why do we fall kind of mantra, um, which plays later on, and yeah, it's kind of repeated all the way through, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and uh, well, it do, uh, not till the very end, but not all the way through, yeah. a, a, a central point. Yeah, 
but you, but you think about it, it does this cross cut between the training and, and the backstory in the only in the first forty minutes, and then from that it's very linear. So yes, yeah, it's yeah. So uh, we yeah we get to the the training where there, there's more training. There's the fighting on the ice. Yeah, the fighting on the ice is a is a really nice scene. I've always liked that. I think it yeah, looks beautiful for a start. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's. I think the, the the more I think about it, it, it is it, everything Ducard is saying is about teaching Bruce to both channel his feelings and control them. Mm. You know, by he's just basically blames his parents and says it was their fault and all the rest of it. Well, I don't think for a second, despite the the fact Ducard has some pretty hardcore ideas particularly about the indulgence of crime. I'm not sure he means that. I think he's saying it to wind Bruce up. Yeah, I think there is an element of that. I mean, it's not really explored, because it, it it does feel like the film is making a point of saying that. But, in, in, but, 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 what, but watching it now... that if you indulge crime, you'll be a victim of yeah. it. So him always allowing, you know, treating criminals as victims of poverty. I think there is an element of, yes, it was his fault, but mm. I don't think he's saying... He pussied out on the night, and that's why he was shot. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's an element of that, of like the the will to act, as he would put it. Um, but he says, but I think from that principally is kind of saying, uh, you are responsible for your own path. You 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 can you can always do something, and if you're not willing to do anything, and and just accept. Um, Except being a victim, then you are always going to be the victim. Uh, in 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 a criminals words. thrive on the indulgence, wasn't yeah. it? Indulgence of yeah. society or something like yeah. that. So I think he, I think he semi means it. Yeah. But I think I think for the purposes of the training session they're in the midst of. Yeah. Even if he thought no such thing, it's a way to wind Bruce up. I mean, even with with the fighting on the ice, we get other little sort of training, <laughs> like like cut to another. Training thing where he's where he's talking about like you need you know like art of uh, theatricality or are important elements um, strike fear in enemies and, and things like that and you become need to become more more um, more than a man uh, in, the, yes. in 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 their eyes you know in other words you need to come like more a legend yeah legend Mister Wayne um, so yeah again it's, Terry. it's 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 the, it's the fighting it's, it's, when I talk about the action before at the beginning of the show it was more against the way the fighting scenes like there was some sometimes where I felt like I would have liked to have actually seen some some of the moves because I know a lot of work would have gone into it so I'd have liked but to have seen that but it was all based that. around this this Casey style wasn't it which is yeah. all very close in you use elbows everything you can it's mm. it's purely about efficiency so it isn't the most picturesque fighting style anyway Gr- granted uh, uh, it's a mixture of styles, isn't it? Because there's a bit of like it's a mixture of other. Mo- yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of like Krav Maga, which kind of like using your opponent's strength against you, sort of thing as well. But we'll get to a scene next week, which I really, really love, and I won't spoil it exactly now. But um, we get to a scene next week that overall I really enjoy, but we get a much better look at the Casey, and it doesn't look as good as a result. I actually kind of like the choppiness in this film when it comes to Batman being Batman. Yeah, because it's. It's meant to be bewildering. No, um, I get it. I, I, I do get it. And I know, and I understand that in some elements of Casey where it doesn't, you look at it and think, well, it doesn't actually look that cinematic. I, I think mm-hmm. there's probably, 
you can go you can go licensing use parts of it, you can maybe sort of grandize it just a little bit, but when it's all just choppy chop chop, I can't actually see what's going on at all. There's at least one it's, scene it works perfectly in though. And you probably yeah. know off the top of your head which yeah. one I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I would agree with you on the, in that instance because that, that's how it should be. Um, okay, so he's training. We we keep cutting between that. We're also so he's clearly being taught about the theatricality of like effectively what we know in in sort of um, Batman lore is sort of smoke pellets. Effectively, you know, just yeah. like you saw in the first film where he just or the first Burton film, just you know, uh, distract with with a big sort of gassy fucking fart or something. <laughs> um, yeah, and. He's also being taught about closing. We're being taught what the gauntlets mean on his arm, what that's for. Um, oh, yeah. We are being taught... So, yeah, we're being taught the sort of... The point of parts of the outfit he's later going to wear. But we also cross... That's, that's interesting, kind of genesis of it, because we've seen those aspects before, haven't we? So it's kind of good to see it all Yeah, see together. why they are. They're there in yeah. Batman uniforms. But we, we go cut as well to him at... I think he'd had a year at college, so he'd have been about 19, wouldn't he? He'd had a year at college and he'd quit. Yeah, yeah. And he's at home and it it's is. Like, league. He's come home for the parole hearing. So at this point, Joe Chill would have been in prison about nine or ten years. Mm-hmm. But he sold. He he had a cell with wasn't Falcone itself. It was one of Falcone's men. Yeah, it was minions. So he's got information the state could use. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we cut, we cut to a floppy-haired um, Bruce Wayne. And Christian Bale. <laughs> it's quite effective, like, though. He looks a lot younger. Like he that. does. It's amazing what a haircut can do. I think um, it's kind of he's one of those actors like he, they have to. They really have to work to make him look old. He's, he's got one of those faces that probably will age quite well. Um, you know, you can you can kind of believe him being sort of like nineteen twenty, and then obviously later on in the film, during yeah. the birthday scene, we see him turn thirty, and that's equally believable. Yeah, I think I, he's, you know he's, he's got those you know good features. He's got a young looking face. I think what he, helps he, is no one around him is nineteen. I think if you're no, a nineteen-year-old, it would stand out. But what I'm saying is, we know it's the same actor. We know Christian Bale's coming up around the thirty mark at this point. Yeah. So well, to actually kind of be able to just in the series. for you for you to look at it and not go that looks fucking ludicrous. Yeah, it I don't know if it's some kind of digital work on his face, yeah. I don't know. I um, but the only, the only kind of, I think obviously Rachel Holmes, Rachel Holmes, um, not Rachel Holmes. Rachel Holmes, Rachel. <laughs> Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. <laughs> um, I just, you know, she's kind of, she's just got like baby face. I mean, you, you would have to work to make her look a bit older. I mean, they tried to do the same with her as well. Um, but no, I just, I must have got the hot Christian bill, I must, I must admit. Um, but it's, t- you know, totally believable. Even it's amazing what a fucking haircut Pardon. Even with his weird eye wart. Yeah, that looks a bit weird and his lisp and all this. But no, yeah, it's good. No, things like that always bother me. When you're like someone like Christian Bale, I think just get rid of it. Why wouldn't you just, just get rid get of it? Go get a lip that. Just yeah, get they can freeze the fucking look. thing and it will just fall off. I've got this thing here. Just get removed. You know, take it out. Roger Moore had that mold removed, didn't you? So as, I can't. Christian Bale. What do the thing same. is that, Becca? I don't know. I don't. No. Has, has Tom, Tom Holland's done that with Spider-Man, hasn't he? Um, I don't know. Have they done that digitally, or have they got rid of it? I think he's gotten rid of it. I think. Right. Because the first would... thing when they cast him, I thought, well, if you did the Mary Jane Watson type scene where you saw his chin, it would immediately give it away, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, but it's like Tom Hardy. His, his tattoos get digitally removed in most of his yeah. films, so maybe it was digital. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But you. Oh, well. But anyway, I was... maybe in a future film we'll see it. 
Okay. <laughs> it, will, it will come back, yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. It will just grab back. Or they'll just go, we can't be asked to digitally remove it this time. In a nutshell, these must have a just, 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 just put a Spiderman sticker on top of it. Okay, so he's at home. Katie Holmes sees him. Uh, and, yeah. to, and he's going on about, I can't sanction this because it's my parents, you know, and all the rest of it. Yeah. And she's effectively just talking about the greater good, that they can they can use that to trap good. a bigger fish, more or less. Yeah. Basically get, and, getting that point, and he's, he's he's basically sort of still holding back the, the grudge. It's like, you know, no, he killed my parents. It cannot happen. Um, you get... It, there's a established fact that he's he's been away he's lived away anyway like he's been been at college or or whatever he's been he doesn't like hanging around Way Manor uses too many memories he doesn't plan on coming back hence why he he's he's accepting the fact that he he's probably gonna get arrested now because yeah. what he's gonna do um, and also Alfred tells him like uh, gives him a lecture of more about the. The, the legacy of 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 way away manner there's the the there's an element of like he said he doesn't care he like he tear this place down it's not just your name yeah and i only that mean I re- later as well yeah i only really noticed it when he when he uh later on he, we we mentions tear it down brick by brick and in uh, when in that conversation um yeah and he and, and Bruce says to him you start give up my obvious and Halford says never um which comes yeah. back later on so yeah, there's a lot, lot of recurring echoes, particularly the brick by bit bit, which I kind of, oh right, yeah, of course. Yeah, bear in mind we're we're only like forty minutes in or so into this film. Not even very that, thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very very. It's a very dense film at this stage. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, then we we go to court. We go to like sort of court here, where he sort of anyone objects, and then walking out, and then just... and we see Bruce has got like almost like a little. We don't have real many guns in this yeah. country, but. It's the sort of gun you'd get in like a lady's handbag, isn't it? He's got this very small concealed gun up his yeah. sleeve, ready to shoot Joe Chill. And then, uh, and he's going to. The only thing that stops him is someone else gets him first. Yeah, the R V Oswald style. Yeah, it's a it's a woman, isn't it? Just sort of flat, just point blank. Hi, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then Rachel drives him home. Yeah, or goes to drive him home, and he opens up to her. Yeah, he, he he's he's been all mopey. He's sort of basically saying the system's flawed and how like you know when he's the system and, is broke. Yeah, and he's sort of like saying I should I should be thanking him. And Rachel's like, right, okay, right, fine. Well, let let me show you what is really oh, fucking happening. Yeah. Um, so he takes him down the the tunnels. Did just is that is it down there as well? Or is that or is that just? No, the, I think she just takes him to these tunnels. Because yeah. from the outside, it looks like she's just driving into a parking lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is sort of tunnels yeah. underneath the city. Well, I don't know if it's underneath the city. But she takes him to areas of poverty. That's mm. all that really matters. And it ends up at Falcone's um, club. Before he goes into that club or restaurant, I don't mean nightclub, I mean sort of members club or whatever Beanie it is. bar. Yeah, yeah bar right, uh, restaurant. Before that, he shows her the gun and she slaps him and says, yeah. your parents would be ashamed. I, I think I, I think she's really good in that, in that bit. Yeah, she's got a good scene, isn't she? I think. I don't have a problem with Katie Holmes at all. Uh, she, she was the thing that got slaughtered in this film. No, she, she was okay. I just think, you know, you didn't really have the kind of effective screen time, but I think now she's kind of too tied up with Obviously, her, her association with Tom Cruise and 
negative connotations and what have you. I, I, th- I think she. I think she's. A, I mean, I was, I was going to say. I said earlier that there's kind of not really any link. I mean, she might be to, the, but like very minor, very minor. Um, but no, she's, you know, really good in this scene. I think. Well, I think the character of Rachel is, to an extent, is more problematic. As she, they're, they're more treated as, uh, as like ideals of like kind of like uh, uh, I, I don't want to say prize. Like I was like an, as an objective. She's the trophy at the end. I don't think she's the trophy. I think she's the goal. Yeah, she. And that's a very yeah. different thing. Yeah, well, she, she's still very much, even though she's like the DA, or whatever. She's still very much the love interest, isn't she? But it's, I still think you know she she's still well rounded. We do get a sense of who she is, where she's coming from. She is like at least in Bruce Wayne's head, the the idealized of where he wants to be. You know, he yeah. you know he he wants the future with her. Whether she actually generally is that person, though. Uh, I mean, she, next week. Be. No, I mean next week we get Maggie Gyllenhaal in the yeah. role. We'll talk about why next week. Yeah. Um, but for now, the general perception is Maggie Gyllenhaal's a much better actress, and and it's a useful recast and all the rest of it. My personal view on it is when I see Maggie Gyllenhaal um, interviewing villains and stuff, and offering them a deal or whatever. I believe that she has the guts to do that more than I believe little Katie Holmes doing it. But I think Katie Holmes' flaws are so minor, really, that I'd rather have had her for the sake of continuity. Yeah. And plus, she might have surprised you as well. It could have been one of the things where, like, you know what, she proved me wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, for, from being shallow i think katie holmes is much more attractive than maggie gyllenhaal but that that really doesn't matter if it had been maggie gyllenhaal in the first film it's what bruce wants and you would still buy she's a rounded human being and intelligent woman and all the rest of it i think she is a better actress but i think i i would much rather i think it would have been much more impactful next week had that katie holmes particularly as she sells me distress a lot better than maggie gyllenhaal does and she's a bit more I think she strikes me as a lot more idealist and innocent as well. She's a lot more of like the the general good person. If if maybe a little yeah, she, naive, she is yeah. she is like you you, you believe her that she is like one of the, the good people working in Well the, I think not it. only that, Chris, it's the sort of town where it's things are so bad yeah. that someone refusing to get involved in the corruption looks naive. Yeah. It's because it's such a danger to them not to. Mm. So, uh, so he goes into the club now, doesn't he? Well, yeah, she, she yeah, she slaps him and he throws the gun away because he like. Um, I think he realizes what he's holding. Yeah, really, and then that's the yeah we don't need guns. So, so, so therefore he, he's he's now pinned up now. He's like thinking, right, I'm going to really show this Marconi guy what I really think. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then and, <laughs> he's on mine. And this is what I meant at the beginning of the, the the show where I really like his performance because I think Tom Wilkins sell it. Forget his accent. I mean, like, I'm, I'm kind of forget like, the accent. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm kind of like deaf to it anyway. But yeah, I'm not. I can't pretend to be an expert. But it just yeah, jars yeah. me. It's just. But like, I, it, it's more. It's, it's more how he just completely just chews him out. I mean, it's probably more. It's probably good writing as well. But it's it's also like sort of he goes into sort of like in terms of like power when he just lifts a gun up and says, "Look, I could I could blow your head off and it wouldn't make a fucking." fucking difference uh and also he's just sort of breaks, uh gives him a lecture of like you know about you always fear what you don't understand you know 
Um, a bit in that fit, there's two or three things in that that I, I really love, and it really hit me today. I mean, I will have noticed before because I've seen this countless times over the years, but it really hit me for the first time in a while this morning uh, that you think, well, why does he go off for so long and all the rest of it? You don't. You always feel what you don't understand. So he needs he needs to understand the criminal mind, and that is in dialogue. He says to Ducard, but he also says to him, "You've never tasted desperate." So he needs to be somewhere with no resources. And there's two or three things about that. Firstly, he he gets to understand how criminals work, and it isn't as straightforward as as Ducard makes out. Um, it is there is there is some element of poverty. His father was at least part right. So. It plays into so much, and it gives us a problem with the third film as well, because he actually says to him, you'd have to go a thousand miles to find somebody who didn't know your name. One of the most famous men in the world. But the other thing, the thing I think it does exonerate is this business of how does he get back to Gotham? Bruce Wayne has seven years getting around the world with very few resources, um, learning what he needs to learn about Falcone's world or the world to which Falcone alludes I, I, I like I, I, one of the things I've picked up from this uh, viewing is I didn't realise how like the the, the the morality of like of him kind of technically not being a criminal like is he, he was, stealing from Wayne Enterprise yeah so he's like well technically I'm stealing from myself so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, I mean he does say something about stealing some food I don't know if he said an yeah. apple or whatever yeah. perhaps we can cover that later fruit Chris. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we don't see the apple. He just—it's like—it's like penthouse letters as opposed yeah. to photos. Um, yeah. So I think then we move on to. So he's then he's, he gives the old guy the, the villain from Taken Two his coat. Yeah. And then he goes to he go he disappears. We've already seen some of that in his training. Yeah. And um, we then have. Uh, the sort of do we have the final sort of challenge of his training now, where he's supposed to kill somebody? Uh, for uh, uh, yeah, he sort of yeah. So he jumps on a boat, he, and then Dakar gives him yeah. Basically, he ha- it's his final train where he, where he displays how the flower is actually grinded into sort of like a powder that makes like a gas, um, yeah. or like a, that 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 provides your your inner fear. So he must inhale this um, and. And become like part, part, part. This kind of like test to kind of like up Descartes, um, but he needs to confront the fears, fears of his own fears of like a bat's flying at him. So there, you do become, so he does have to like confront his fears to pass the test. Um, yeah, which he does no problem. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's a good scene, but in, in in the basis of sort of getting through this, the final thing he has to do is put someone to death. Yes, it's like the initiation is like okay. Well, now you must do like what what is necessary, you know, um, which you you would have thought would have been discussed beforehand. But okay, <laughs> you gone through all that. I think. I've got to do what? <laughs> Hang on, I didn't sign anything, did I? <laughs> but this is where you get the the, the moral code. I think you kind of see the. Um, the, the ideas of what Rachel as uh, 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 said, or Alfred and, and Thomas Wayne, you know what he's, what he's what is instilled from his origin, as in what, where he's come, where he comes from, and how he implicits to what he's learnt now, and he's to, it's, justice and vengeance aren't the same thing. Yeah, and you sort of this kind of like, I I can't become I can't do this is one step too far. This is like yeah yeah. 
absolutely. Uh, um, and he sort of he do, he does try and gets his point. It's like I will, I will go to Gotham and and and, and I will lead his men, but I, I I but I will I will fight people like this, but I will not become one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he what you know, Deckard like warns about compassion, and he kind of goes right. Well, I'm kind of in a corner here, so uh, he then proceeds to blow the place up essentially. <laughs> Yeah, which I, I do wonder how many people have died in that in in that in that exploding temple. Yeah, but technically he's not a Batman yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are grey areas in this film. He basically just he wants to bring it down because it isn't it, the the whole basis on which they're working is now wrong. The the scene wisely focuses focuses on him saving Ducard yeah. more than killing anyone else. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, uh, Ken Watto. Ken O. Watanabe spills his Guinness immediately. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they have a fight, but he kind of dies from falling yeah. debris, really. He's like, I'm after falling down the stairs. And then uh, <laughs> he saves the card uh, to what would, you know, which is quite heavy stuff. I mean, he's dangling by one arm. And I think, but he lifts them off thinking, fucking hell, that's impossible to do. That's. He must he must do some working out to be able to lift like God knows how heavy Liam Neeson is, but he's a, he's over six foot and all that. Yeah, and that's just his cock. That's just his cock. Yeah, that's probably why he didn't die. Is is it's touching the ground? <laughs> <laughs> just thought about baseball while he gently lowered himself. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, if you say so. Okay. Um, so I have to get a leaving some dick joke in there. Um. Apparently, it's like a two-liter bottle of Evian. <laughs> oh God. I, I assume they mean in size, not nutritional information. <laughs> Whatever you say. Mineral. <laughs> Should take one every day. Yeah. God. Yeah. You should be seen chugging it at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'll be taking all oh, really. <laughs> oh dear, at least we've stayed to the serious themes of the film. Yes. yes. Okay. I'll just send it into the dick jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Check out Hollywood Babylon for more on <laughs> the amazing <laughs> massive cock. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, he, he saves him. Yeah, uh, the, the the friendly villager goes like, "Oh, I shall tell him who saved you." And he sort of kind of nods, thinking, "Ah, well, you know, I've I've done something good. He will learn from this." That I and it was just a villager. What's the villager going to say? You were saved by the one with dark hair. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, brilliant. Well, well pro- probably like the American guy. He's probably like the only Western face. In Fair the... enough. Okay. But yeah, I know. Let's face it. He's probably going to know anyway. You were saved by the other Irish one. <laughs> that, 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 that would have been awkward uh, when he meets again it's like but I thought you were dead but yeah. you, you didn't save my life oh yeah. well maybe have a listen then, but I'll leave you to them that's <laughs> alright I've got a big dick um, so he saves him and the next thing we see uh, the private plane is on the yeah. tarmac waiting to take him home yeah, and he's, Alfred's come to get him Alfred yes, yeah, says he looks fashionable yeah, uh, and he sort of talks about uh, being Batman, which I think is like being a, a symbol. Yeah, a symbol, and he's like, and Batman's going, oh, okay then. Uh, 
One but, bit I like is he was declared dead, so everything belongs to Alfred. Yeah. So it's like, well, I'll let you borrow the rose <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Yeah, so some really sort of like nice sort of dialogue that comes in. I think, yeah, uh, I th- what I really like is how the humour is used as well. I mean, it's quite serious, but the, the humour is still kind of... But life has levity. Yeah. I mean, unless you are deeply depressed on a given day or in immediate fear of your life, it, 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 life isn't a comedy, but we all laugh at something most days. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I, that's the problem I have with certain films we'll get to in the future in other series where... I don't expect comedy, but there's literally no lightness, literally mm. no levity, and this has it, just as Casino Royale had it. And and it works so much better as well when it when it is just like natural lightness in the dialogue, like uh, just just natural jokes people would would say. Well, I mean, if you were if you were the home help, effectively, you're a bit more than that. Yeah. You broke, you brought the kid up. But if you're now in a situation where you've been given everything that person owned and they came back. You'd yeah, bust their balls about it a bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, you at least like sort of make it like a like an obscure observational joke, wouldn't you? Like, I guess it's all mine now, then, anyway. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh... So yeah, we've got the seeds of him wanting to. Um... Bats aren't mentioned at this point. In fact, it's no. not mentioned until he's doing some sort of sketches Homework. at home, presumably on different ideas mm. of what he might look like, and he sees a bat. Yeah, uh, but that's that's later. Um, so. Next scene is Crane uh, recommending Zaz, I think it's pronounced, uh, played by... Victor Zaz, the singer... he's the one with scars on him, all over him. Yeah. Yeah, Victor Zaz is a, is a comic book character. He's got, I think he's got a scar on himself for everybody he kills or something yeah. like that. And we see him later on, don't we? And he's played yeah. by the lead singer of James. Yeah. So he is. Randomly. Fun fact. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's who I'd cast if I want a dangerous killer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's also a big, a big fan of the series, isn't he? He's like, right, I'm going to play that character. So, yeah. quite possible. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know why. It was just like an odd choice, but there's no real. He doesn't have any dialogue. No, he doesn't kind of. So he doesn't have like. Yeah, that, that's how anything, I so. imagine Victor Zaz, and he is in the Arkham games and so on. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. So uh, we get into basically Scarecrow. Um, Crane is recommending him that he's like, oh, he's he's insane. He's been Arkham under my under my uh, right. under my jurisdiction, which is kind of like connection. He's got he's basically a hitman for McConey, and he's and Rachel confronts her well, confronts him with like, how come how come you keep recommending Falcone's Everyone's folks? being declared insane, yeah. just as I'm about to send them to prison. Yeah, and yeah, you know, he's like he kind of brushes it off, and he kind of gives her like a light kind of like. War, like warning, like threat. Um, um, I think it's you, you. I think he says to her boss something like, "You want to check?" Or she either says to, he either says to her about her boss or to mm. her boss about her. Yeah, you want to see what you're authorized to say. Yeah, or what what allegations you're authorized to make. In other words, the threat being that you are impugning I, my professional. I, I think he sort of like you need to keep a leash on her, kind of, kind of yeah. thing. Uh, he's really he's creepy in this, uh, but not mustache twirling villain. He's considered to be uh, Batman at one point. He, well, he auditioned for the role, which would have been interesting. I have heard that. I can't see it, but you no. just never know. I mean, he's a character actor, and maybe he wouldn't have played it like this, would he? No. So you know, <laughs> yeah, him up, maybe who knows? Do you but, want to see my mask? You're wearing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's he's really good. He's, he, he could say he's, he's really good casting in this. Um, 
So then, then uh, where we go from here? Yeah, and then Bruce finds that this is where he's doing the the. He sketches. We see like a picture of um, Gordon. So he's obviously he's still got Gordon to get in, in touch with him, and he, yeah. he sees a bat in the corner. He follows it, um, and he sort of like he basically comes into the bat cave, what is to be the bat cave, and comes like surrounded by bats, which is kind of like when he kind of like rises. He's he's engulfed in like in his bats, place since the first time since in real life, not in his. Hallucinate imagination, but it's the it's the contact, it's the conquering fear thing. Yeah, He's still frightened of bats, but he stands he, amongst them. Yeah, and he, that could be like the moment where I think, ah, the symbol is bats, um, kind of thing. And then, yeah, then we next scene we sort of talk to Far Cranes in Falcone, and they talk about the plans. He hints of like of like he, he he's coming to Gotham. He's he's not going to be happy if like no. You get your fucks off a little jail time, and then he, the in a in a manner of words, they can order a hit on Rachel, uh, essentially. And then, then Bruce, that scene is Bruce going to um, away in Enterprises to see Rugger Hauer. Yeah, the, just the last point on the previous scene okay. just shows you how corrupt it is. Yeah, that the first reaction is buy her off, not this one. Yeah, and it's like, well, so that means pretty much every other one. Yeah. It's so ingrained in this scenario that you you know it takes a very young DA to be able to have that sort of attitude that they won't be bribed. It, it's incredible, but yeah, we do see we do see him go into Wayne Tower, don't we? I mean, yeah. with Rutger. Rutger. Rutger, yeah, who is basically chief of Wayne Enterprises in the absence of any of the family. Mm. I think the business has effectively been put into a trust and run by him. And yeah, he's he kind of heads up the trust, doesn't he? And he's trying to make it public because obviously, I mean, I would he be get financial gain out of that by, by making it public, or is he just pulling it public because I don't actually know. I mean, I'm no business expert, but would he be because it can be bought up by lots of different people, and I think maybe would... he was kind of maybe trying to seek some financial gain out of it. Wait, I mean, whereas, I, whereas obviously I, at the I, end, I... Um, Bruce, you know, buys it up through trusts and charitable foundations and, and what have you. I, yeah, no, I, That's I, the impression I, I don't know. Going public normally does mean, you know, an immense amount of shares. The people who, you know, they will own it at the present time, so there'll be a price per share. Yeah, they'll all get quite rich off it. Yeah. And I'm not a business expert either, yeah. but that's the only real reason to do it. So, yeah. Uh, in and of itself, it's not an evil thing to do. Um, but it is especially when at, the, at this time all hairs of the not, business are dead as well. So well, I think it's more that it's it's not really his company. Yeah. And now Bruce Wayne is coming back. That sort of thing should probably go on hold. But obviously, the persona Bruce is about to um, adopt is one of a bit of a clueless waster anyway. Yeah. So what they're doing is it's not comic book level evil, but it is. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit dodgy without. Given Bruce is now back, mm. uh, I like I like the persona of Bruce Wayne now because it's like the first shot of him. He's there like teaching him how to play golf. The receptionist. It was very true. <laughs> Tribbiani pretended yeah. to be a tennis coach in that episode. Come on, <laughs> put your ass into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, he hasn't fully decided yet. But yeah, it's all charm, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he sort of like said, no, "I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to get to get involved. Uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be fully handsomely awarded for my shares. and just want to, you know, want a job, really." Yeah. Uh, and he says, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll conveniently send you to the uh, 
The the te- he asks for a he asks, he asks for is it applied oh, yes. sciences? Yes, that's it. Uh, so he obviously has enough knowledge of what his business does to know there's a division down there that tests things out. He's looking for a cue. <laughs> yes. Which, so, given, so. I mean, um, he did appear, I think I might have been from the 80s onwards. Lucius Fox uh, does uh, does appear in certainly latter-day comic books, but I can't help but think this has got Nolan written all over it as a Bond fan. Yeah, definitely. He, okay. he needs a cue. Well, it, 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 the, the scenes do play exactly like the cue do, like the cue scenes do. Like, even yes. just in the sort of, like, how he's very bonding, bonding how, how he's sort of like, Oh, so cute! What's this? And a little bit, like, little bit flippant with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Morgan Freeman just enjoys every every time he gets like, oh, he gets like pull out. Oh, you want to get to play this gadget? Eh? <laughs> you know, it's very, you he, he has a good time in this one, doesn't he? Well, I think in all of them, he, he does have a sort of sense of like, I just really enjoy my time doing this. <laughs> Oh, even in the third one, he's like, "Oh, come on, have, have a look at some stuff." <laughs> For all time's sake, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I don't care. Look at this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, where was it? Yeah. So, he... so, what's the first one? The first one is the um, isn't the first one the basically the the torso. The survival suit thing. Yeah, basically, a suit. It's like it was meant to be sort of designed for soldiers who were like sort of like who that you know, it's like bulletproof and and there's lightweight and not not all this. So it's just basically get the foundations of the bat suit essentially and and the bat and the bat utility belt and things like that, um, which is meant to be a lot more like mechanical and like sort of more practical sort of sort of. Yeah, thinking. but it wasn't worth. It costs about three hundred grand a pop. Yeah, and soldiers aren't worth that. The dialogue of the film t- says. But it's not the view of do you expect us to talk? No. Um, And then I think the next one is uh, the um, memory cloth. So you can make shapes of it. So he can walk around effectively with a cape on. Not a cape on as in a large chicken. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they they can make shapes out of it effectively. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah, by passing a current through, I think that's quite clever. Imagine if you just handed him a cape on. Here, I'll have this chicken. Thanks. <laughs> All right. That's my dinner sorted. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, him and Alfred are sort of ordering the bits for the cow. Yeah. I like how it's all you have to be discreet after like loads just to. 10,000 to avoid suspicion. Yeah. Of course, not suspicious <laughs> at all, some random bloke in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, uniform. Uh, but they, they order it through some cover company or something. I can't remember now, but they, they do that. So I love all that. The first lot are faulty, so they break. Yeah, um, it smashes it. It's all, yeah, the problem with the graphite. I'm like, oh and God. he has to get out and see Gordon before all Even this stuff is head. ready, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, where, where was he now? Uh, do, 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 do. Um, yeah, we get a bit more of that, the Batcave, how it used to be like using the Civil War to uh, transport freed slaves. So like a bit more of like legacy of the, the way... The Wayne family. Every generation of the um, Waynes have been wonderful, wonderful human beings. Yes. Um, we also yeah. got... None of this... Well, that was your uncle. He used to buy slaves. <laughs> <laughs> used to fuck them too. <laughs> None of that. They were all great. Well, he did. He didn't say actually what purpose though, wasn't he? So, like, oh, I was in a civil war. He used to transport freed slaves. So, you know, he used to sort of, that could mean he used to capture them and yeah, make them up for him. <laughs> okay. And yeah, unfree the, <laughs> the whole point is the Waynes have always been on the side of the downtrodden yeah. and unfairly treated. 
Uh, and then next next scene, we get introduced to uh, Gordon um, again to not Eckhart, but basically Eckhart in a way. Flass. Yeah. Is this? Oh yeah, they're in the. What? This is the scene in the car. Oh no 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 no. Hang on. This yeah, scene. it is. It's when it's like. No we, no no, because he's in his bat outfit by now. We haven't had the first meeting with Gordon, have we? Yeah no no, we haven't. This is before then. Okay. Um, all right. Well. It, he does go out dressed all in black one night. Sort of think for those of you who haven't seen it, think sort of first edition of the TV show Daredevil uniform, the black one. Mm. Goes out a bit like that. Um, uses the voice though. No, we are too. Yeah. But uh, I think that's purely to impress upon Gordon that this vigilante that is about to become active trusts him and only him. You've got a yeah. friend indeed. Well, he, he sort of tells sell, him sort of like you know um, you can trust Rachel. As well, so he's like, there's a kind of, wait, wait, wait for, wait for my signal. You'll know what it is. Um, yeah. And then what, what I kind of like about it is when he, when he's get chased, when he chases him out of it, it's kind of like the learning curve. So he figures out like, I probably need like some sort of uh, cape kind of. That's where that comes thing. from because he goes it, flying straight yeah. inside of a building, not flying, but yeah. flinging, flinging himself. It's just like yeah. kind of like a learning curve. Just put, putting it, putting stuff together. I'm not kind of got it figured out yet. So, yeah. I, I kind of like has We did go forward almost by accident there, but I think it's a fair place to end up. First time he sort of goes out in the bat uniform, per se, that is when he suspends Flass, is, is it? Or does uh, he see Rachel first? What, when he when he's in the bat? No, yeah, yeah. When, when he's in the full bat outfit, it's the first time we see that when he interrogates Flass. No, or is it the first time, just the, Rachel? his first time in the bat outfit is when he takes on Falcone. And then, oh, down at the dock. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's that is that is his. Oh, first of course, act- because he, he needs to have something to interrogate Flats about, doesn't yes. he? Yes, it's about what happens down there. Yeah, so he he he, do, he goes to the docks and then he then he sort of saves Rachel and then gives her, and gives her like the the like the picture the information that he's that he's got from the dock and say use that to put him away, and then and then he sort of tells that he meets Gordon and then he tells him about Flask and then he. Grabs flask and into it, yeah. So, okay. but yeah, the we, we just like we just we just cut <laughs> we just cut like another twenty minutes of the film there. <laughs> okay, where do you want to go from here, Chris? Um, planned out. Where 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 is it going from here? So where do we want to go from there. Yeah, so with the, yeah, so basically, he jumps from the uh, so he figures out what he needs a cow, so he gets some memory cloth from uh, thing. Uh, he sees the tumbler from that scene when he's talking about the memory cloth, and he's like, oh, you know oh, you wouldn't be that. interested in that. Um, and it's apparently designed as a bridging vehicle. I'm not quite sure what that means, but basically, it jumps over. Eventually, designed to jump over like sort of short distances, like heavy, like mis- mis- military-esque vehicles. Essentially, like okay. a, a fast tank that can like jump over. Yeah. Again, uh, it was designed by. It was designed by sort of in very broad outline. It was designed by Nolan. Yeah. You know, he was sat there with clay, just forming that, and then obviously it got given to an art department. Uh, I always remember after this film, they were saying, oh, in the next film, they'll probably get closer to the Batmobile we know. I think people genuinely thought this series was going to get more stylized and, and head towards a Bat universe we recognize. But obviously, this is the Batmobile. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think at the time, there was more sort of ideas that the series could grow on then. And I was like, I'm not sure whether there's, it would continue in that scene might have been a bit of a one-off almost i mean that's how no one approached it anyway um yeah, absolutely so um where we go for, you know, basically we have a scene with um 
not not Eckhart. What's his name? Um, Flash. Flash. Flash talking with Mar- uh, Marconi, and he sort of like so he's, he's talking about sort of ordering him. Falcone. Yeah, Falcone. Falcone invented the phone or something. I was like, anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, no. Marconi's Dark Knight, isn't he? It's uh, Eric Roberts in that. Um, Marconi, Marconi. Um, Marconi, not Marconi. Yeah, they sort of down the conversation. He said, like, sort of be careful, of, like, sort of, like, sort of, like, basically killing Rachel because that might bring on too much heat. You might sort of go, okay, don't steady on. And then, yeah. like, and Falco said, like, don't you underestimate people of Gotham? You know, like, kind of, I, I know how to do do things. Um, and, and then we get the dialogue of like of Alfred saying, "Why bats are." Um, which he basically sums up like, well, you know, it's, it's my fear. It, yeah, it's my, yeah. Uh, my enemies will share my dread, so it's like spelling out, basically. Uh, and then, then you get to the docks. Um, and he's sort and of... this de- is his sort of big debut, isn't it? Yeah. Effectively. They're, uh, they're, tran- they're transferring powder through cuddly toys, it looks like. Some yeah, sort drugs, of weird... Drugs are coming in now. I think before this, Rachel's boss goes missing, or it's just after this, because they realise yeah. that this transporter was supposed to bring in, let's say, 200 of these things, and when it turned up, there was 201. And it is these drugs are coming in, and it, we find out through dialogue later that it's basically being split in half. Half of it is going out to drug dealers, and half of it's going somewhere else, and it is to do with the toxin that's in it, we later find out, and going mm. into the water supply. But at this point, Flass is making sure it comes in safe, safely, in that he's police, so there's a police presence there to make sure it gets in, because he's corrupt police. Um, and Batman appears. Yeah, and just starts taking out all the guys. And, in, in, and I love it. In, in the manner of how you think Batman should work. In terms of like, he's scaring the living shit out of everyone. He's like creeping. He scares through them, that. gets the lights off, and then starts striking from unpredictable yeah. angles and positions, and you never get a proper look at him. Yeah, and what I really like is that there's there's that bit where the like the two, the, the two well, there's actually two bits of the guy going like, "Where are you?" and he just like just appears from behind him upside down. Yeah, yeah. and then. There's then there's a bit where where there's like two of them. One of them's like sort of looking up for ages, like in shock, and like the guy's like what 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 looks up, and you and you see what they're looking at, and it's like he's literally dangling like a bat, and he just drops yeah. down. That is that that's a really impressive shot. Um, and then so yeah, so uh, not Eckhart legs it, Flask legs it. <laughs> Tells Falcone to uh, get get out of here, um, but he unwisely he, doesn't. He kind of like sort of like what's he kind of has to look see what's going on. Sees Batman beating the shit out of everyone. Goes like, okay, I'm getting out of here. Goes in his car, finds out his his driver is uh, uh, knocked out. Gets out a shotgun and then uh, he, Batman just grabs him through the top of the the car. And says, "I am Batman," and heads head butts him. And there you are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the origin of the bat symbol as well. He ties him up on it. Yeah, which is eventually the yeah, that's the, a nice callback, isn't the it? The symbol, yeah. And it's sort of that nice sort of like unexpectedness, like oh, we'll never nail him to the scene. Like, well, I won't be so sure about that. <laughs> Extraordinarily um, efficient storytelling, though. Yeah. And and yeah, shadowing definitely. of all the things we need to know. So Batman is now out in the world. No one knows quite who he is. Falcone's behind bars, um, and 
also you know that Gordon's going to be a supporter, not only because mm. he's met him, but after this you've got Loeb saying we can't have vigilantes and all the rest of it, and Gordon saying, well, he's just brought in the biggest crime boss we have. Yeah. And so there's a, there's there's an element of like of possibly a frustrated Gordon going like oh well maybe we do need to work work with this guy <laughs> and yeah where would you go from there um, yeah we yeah we get in the morning that, that after where like Bruce um, wake wakes up and you know, I, I like how he just like jumps straight out of bed and just does push ups <laughs> yeah. like you really get to, you really get to see his physique you know a, a lot of there was a lot of reports of like Christian Bale and how he gained weight from this because he, he just came off the machinist where he was. He was told gain as much as you could. And yeah. Gain as yeah, much as, as you could. Without being sort of crazy, so he went from kind of being like really stick thin to. Yeah, he did the machinist previously, which where he was about one hundred and twenty pounds. Mm. Uh, if you ever just yeah, just look it up. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen That's the film, good film as well. I, I haven't seen it actually, but if you type in Christian Bale the Machinist into a Google image search, you'll see how, how painfully was, yeah. emaciated he was. Mm. The, the, the sort of common or garden size for him is how he was in the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. He's a touch bigger in this film yeah, because be the average he, of it. He, bu- he bulked up, and then of course had to lose it very quickly because he'd gone a bit far. Yeah. Had some comments were saying like fucking hell we're doing Batman or Fat Man <laughs> so, he's like, yeah. so that's how far he went he was like, he there just are start... a couple of shots on the special features where you see him at his biggest and it's like yeah he's too big yeah he doesn't look fat though he just looks more bulky I mean I like the idea that he is more bulky he looks more like he can actually beat the shit out on people more you know um, he looks more straight whereas in the other films he just looks just a little bit too thin for me I think so yeah definitely um but it's certainly impressive anyway. So he's, I, I like how he's just constantly there do, doing push-up and, and uh, Alfred sort of hints at him. It's like, well, maybe you need to keep up the, the Bruce Wayne person a bit more, you know, in terms of, like, if you just, like, spend the entire days just doing nothing, people are going to start questioning what it is you do. And it's yeah. going to, like, lead to, like, ah, oh, people might figure out that you're Batman. So maybe if you need to sort of... You know, as in his words, if you start pretending to have a bit of fun, you might have some by accident. <laughs> yeah. So, so we get get straight from that to him basically walking into the the restaurant, acting like the biggest bell end in the world. Immediately, two beautiful women with him who dive yeah. straight into a water feature. Yeah. Just, uh, his the, excuse, the, they're European. The maitre d I've actually seen in the. I saw him down here years ago, in the Rocky Horror Picture Show as Frankenfurter on stage. Right. I hate Rocky Horror, by the way. But um, well, no, I went. I went to say it, it, no, it's shit. But anyway, <laughs> I, um, I, yeah. anyway, right? Yeah. So I recognised him from that. Uh, this scene is is pretty efficient, and I like this take on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Again, it's just like the kind of covering the dual identity, isn't it? It's like kind of it's well, it's about... better than sat in a, a chair doing Rodan's The Thinker yeah. until a light comes through your window. Well, it's it's it is well, definitely, but it's it's kind of like what um, Christopher Reeve did in Superman. It's like he, he's portraying a different character in his everyday life. Uh, so when look, when some people look at him as Clark Kent, they're thinking, well, some you know, Clark's a geek, you know, come on, he, he he's not Superman. Look at him, you know. So same same with this. He's basically playing an obnoxious bellend. So when people think of like, think it might be Bruce Wayne, you go like, 
come on, as if it's fucking Bruce Wayne. He's, you know. yeah. And um, you do see that in the comic books where, like, the police will go to see Bruce Wayne about something. Yeah. And he'll, they'll, they'll see him at Wayne Manor, and he'll be in a robe with two women and, like, bottles of champagne. And, like, as soon as the police leave, he tells them to, like, skedaddle. Because they're not, you know, he's not really partying with them and he's not really drinking either. Mm. We see it next week. He has a party for a Harvey Dent, walks out on his balcony with like a glass of champagne and just throws it straight off. He doesn't drink. Mm. So I, I like that take on Bruce Wayne. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he, he buys the, the hotel. <laughs> or, slash restaurant. or he says he's going to anyway. Yeah. It's just showmanship, isn't it? <laughs> And, and so, then he sees Rachel, and the way Bale's face tains, changes instantly as well. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. I mean, it, it's also like, there's they've not met since he's come back as well, which is a little bit like, oh, you think he would have dropped by and said hi. But, yeah. um, no, there's... Um, Rachel. You know, but there's probably a sense of, because he, he saw that she's with her, bo- her boss. You notice how Rachel likes dating her bosses? You notice that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's... Oh, dirty. <laughs> Uh, she um, so he probably might be a sense of like I'll I'll just let her let her be for now because I'm doing my thing now. Uh, but he and he gets a sense of like oh crap. Uh, she, That's where she comes almost up like with ashamed. Yeah, almost like he feels That's where she comes up with the line. Yeah, it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. Yeah, uh, and. He, where he's trying to explain, like, no, no, there is, there is more. Like, in in a in, in in a way, he basically he wants to sort of say, no, well, I'm, I'm, this is not me at all, Frank. I'm fighting crime, really. <laughs> well, it's the fact that what I like about the way it's written, and I say I've got my issues with the dialogue in this film, but what I really like about it is that it, he hasn't had time to figure out what to say. Yeah, there's no speech making. There's no, well, Rachel, no, this isn't me. What's happening is, I mean, he's not going to tell his Batman, yeah. obviously, but. There, there's nothing prepared. He's caught on the hop. Yeah. So he kind of half mumbles something about there's more to me or something. And it's confused and slightly shit. And yeah. it's because he's been caught. Yeah. <laughs> the, la- the last person he'd want. It's like your mum catching you, you know? Yeah. It's the last person he would have wanted to see him playing up like that. Yeah. Because definitely. that's for the benefit of Gotham, not her. Definitely. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's the last person because it's, you know, he, he wants. Her, her to understand that you know he's he's learned he's 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 advanced he hasn't come back from the last time they met and now he's just <laughs> a rich bellend well the last time she saw him he yeah. was dropping out of college and talking about killing somebody yeah and she slapped him and she saw him walking off to go and threaten a fucking mob boss yeah and the next time she sees him he's come home inherited his family wealth and just started pissing around in public with two women <laughs> yeah so he would be like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. I've, again, I really like that scene. And you get that sort of. It's not what you do. It surprises you. Um, we get the we get informed about that uh, that machine that Wayne Enterprises lost. That kind of like yes. that kind of dissolve. Uh, it's a it's a what's it what's it called? It evaporates it, yeah. water. In. Um. And we get Falcone uh, in jail with Crane, and that's what sends him mad when he sort of like when he's, he basically threat Falcone threatens to talk basically because he want he wants a bigger slice of the pie. Because I don't care who you're working for, but no, I no one's going to get to me in my town. Yeah, and he gets to him because he sat right there in prison with him. <laughs> yeah, 
So that's a 52-year-old, as we're later told by Rachel, that's a 52-year-old with no history of mental illness whatsoever. And he's another one that's gone mad. Yeah, which is half the reason Rachel now wants to go to Arkham and get an... an, an, Well, he he takes him to Arkham or sends him to Arkham because he's gone mad. And then Rachel obviously wants to get an independent look at him. Uh, yeah, so we so we also get the first actual look at the scarecrow. Um, yeah, it's, it's put terrifying. a bag on his head. Basically, yeah. Sorry about the bag. Didn't have time to say. Or was it gummage? Uh, <laughs> a cup of tea and a slice of cake. Uh, <laughs> I must say I did find was going to be quite scary when I was young. Um, no, can I just make a point about Killian Murphy here? I do think Scarecrow is terrifying. I think this is am I right in thinking this is the first time we've seen him within this Batman series? Yeah. Um, I, I like the way that his his character is presented. He's very kind of there's a lot of ang- sharp angles with him. You immediately when you see um, Doctor Crane, um, you know there's something not quite right about him. He's all kind of angles and sharp edges and just looks very sinister generally. I think Killian Murphy's performance is really, really spot on. Yeah, he he seems he does a lot with not seemingly doing much at all. Cause he's very blank, very understated, yeah, and very kind of minimal movements. Like he, he's, 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 I mean, his, his name is Crane, so you kind of, you know, you've got that kind of undercurrent, you might bird might bird like kind of movements, but that doesn't really happen here. He's stock still all the time, um, just maybe a slight raise of the eyebrow or you know, pursing of the lips or very, very small movements are done really well, really effectively. Um, I think Killian Murphy is probably my, I don't know, my favourite performer in this film, I think. Couldn't really disagree. Oh. No, I think Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think like the rest of the cast, it's all just really, really well, well put together. Yeah, everyone's on the top. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and when, I mean, the other thing is he's got to sell you he's a professional mm. and, that he's a villain, and I just love that he manages to, to skirt that line so well. He, he testifies in court, he's got to be plausible, but at the same time, when Rachel has to go to Arkham late at night to say, look, no, I want my own person in from Gotham General to, to provide a diagnosis yeah. on this guy, you actually feel the fear of, like, shit, that's a scary bloke to be hanging around with at that time of night. Exactly. Literally, when they go down the lift, I thought, oh, bloody hell, you know. I mean, yeah. I've seen this, you've seen this film, you know what's going to happen. You think, is she going to come out alive? Mm. And obviously, there's a scene later on in the third film, which I remember seeing it, and we'll get there, and we were just like, oh, the whole audience gasped audibly. Um, and we'll get there. Okay. But um, yeah, no, yeah, that scene where they sort of go down in sort of into the lift before he kind of shows her the whole operation, you just think, oh bloody hell, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're told basically that it's taking place at Arkham that they're pouring this these, this drug straight into the water, and it's so that that microwave emitter can evaporate it and and sort of weaponize it into the air at some point. But the water lines we later find out, or the water pipes run right under the train, right the way up to uh, Wayne Tower. So that that, that we're, we're getting the bits of the plots, but at this point, the key is that Rachel is gassed. Um, we forgot to mention Batman has already been gassed. Yeah, he manages to kind of well, he struggles a little bit, doesn't he? He doesn't cope with it so well. Well, that's that's a bit later on because because um, we get to after after this bit after like he sends a man in jail, uh, we get that scene going between Gordon and Batman where he kind of like after he's made an impact, he's like, oh, well, I think you're someone like you know, I think you're someone who's trying to help. And then he yes. disappears on him, uh, and then uh, then you get straight to that um, scene where he take where he grabs um, low 
low, but yeah. Lope is, Lope is the commissioner at this point. Lope, sorry, the uh, <clears throat> not Eckhart. I keep forgetting his name. Flask. <laughs> Flask, yeah. Uh, Which is the fun scene. I, I, I'd enjoyed this film all the way through, and I really thought we were watching like the first really great Batman film. But if there was one moment where my appreciation for what they're doing really stepped up, it was this one. Because, it, I mean, Flask is firstly, I mean, only, Ray doesn't quite look like that in real life. It is, it, it's evidently a set and a rain yeah. machine. But yeah. it looks kind of dramatic because it's really heavy. Uh, he's just using his influence and, and bullying people to just take food off a street vendor. And then Batman just basically hooks him and gets him up in the air. And it's the swear to me, which yeah. is never done as well in the rest of the series. There are scenes like it later on, um, particularly when he's sort of doing his voice at its worst. It was just this, he was just this absolute, like, terrifying elemental figure. We get a close in to him. He's probably putting it on for the sake of causing fear, but he's shaking, like, swear to me. The voice is, is kind of scary without being comedic, you know. And I just thought this, and then he drops him, and, and, and Flass would have just gone, you know, ends up on the floor lying in the rain, and he would have just thought, what on earth just happened? He's trying to find out where the drugs were going. Um, and Flas tells him what he knows, which isn't a lot, other than it was being sort of split and half was going to the dealers and half was going somewhere else. And he mentions Ra's al Ghul, I think, and he says Ra's al Ghul is dead. And then yeah. he said something about the Narrows, and he said, uh, but cops don't go in there. And he says, but do I look like a cop? Yeah. Um, and so the point is, it's going into Arkham to be poured into the water supply. Yeah, I mean, I again, I think this is probably the one scene where I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, you, you've got this. This is like, this is how Batman would operate. Like, he would just, like, he would just be hanging on top of, like, buildings and just grabbing people and just, like, be this, like, monstrous, scaremongering figure that people would absolutely fear at night. You know, you know, criminals would would be like, shit, you know, he can kind of get the get exactly where he's coming from. Even, like, the, the stuff that would be, like, the, the thing would be, we would mock now of the Nolan verse... With the whole, it works in this film. Yeah, definitely. And in terms, in context to this, in terms of like, you know, saying swear to me, you know, it, it does like, oh my god, who the fuck is this guy? You know, coming from nowhere. Um, yeah. yeah, it 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 completely. And you just haven't nails seen it. him coming, and he hasn't flown in at you. He's yeah. grabbed you. You're walking along the street, yeah. and suddenly your leg is hooked, and you're being going up 10, 15 stories. Yeah, um, it's terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, it's brilliant. And then he goes straight to the narrow. He go basically where he's kind of like investigating. Well, Crane's kind of like trying to like cover up the the evidence, and then Batman comes and takes out a couple couple of his goons. But he gets gassed and then set on fire. And we see like real vulnerability to him. He's like basically like Alfred, come and help me. And he gets take he gets taken in 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 the rolls <laughs> in the back of the wall. Um, and then and Alfred has got tears in his eyes. I never noticed that bit. Yeah, he has. He's Aww. got tears in his eyes watching watching uh, the state Bruce is in in the back of the car. Oh. Um, I don't know. Never picked up on that bit. And then yeah, and then, then next we know he's been. Uh, doesn't um, Rachel's boss get killed? Let me double check. Yes, he does. He does. He gets. To, he goes down to the dock because it is after the dock scene. Yeah. Obviously, they, they, they grasp that there's, there's an extra container come in. Now, I, I do have an issue with this again. Is I know it's like edited, the way it's edited, but again, it kind of like almost like you almost miss it. 
you almost miss like hang on they always just been killed yeah the way it way it's cut together so I, I i do have issue with that how it's done i almost think wish they hadn't shown it because later on rachel refers to my boss has been missing for two days she pops around to see bruce on his yeah. birthday which is the date he wakes up basically yeah um and she says he's been missing for two days which probably means we should be searching the bottom of the you know the ocean yeah. bed in this this town um and I just think actually that could have just been left as a Christ even he succumbed. Yeah. For the weight they gave it, I don't actually think we needed to see it. No, I know. I mean, do you, I but mean, it's not that big a deal. To, to be honest, I almost like the, the first the first time I watched it, I, I completely for, didn't even notice it was there because it, it happens that quick. You know, yeah. the way it's what's good. But yeah, he he wakes up two two days later. It's like quite like a, a surprise. Um, uh, Lucius is sat there. Yeah, Lucius sat there. They've. Um, They've called in. They he's kind of figured out an antidote, and then, and he sort of helped them recover from it. Uh, Lucia sort of tells him about it, and as if to say, like, I just want to, you know, I just want you to know how how hard it was. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit. So he, he asks him, "Can you make uh, a, 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 some more antidote?" Um, like, well, bring what we have. Yeah, and then and then sort of. Of course, it's his birth. It's his birthday part, but uh, Bruce knows he has to go in. Go go into sort of like there's something big happening. Uh, Alfred is concerned. Like, no, you need to sort of like honor your your father. Your father's legacy. Your, your you know it's it's your father's guest. You know, and he sort of he says like, no, it's 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 fine. You know, he's he's not concerned about keeping up his legacy. That's after Rachel because he has a go at him, doesn't he? Yeah. After that, he goes. He, he um he knows Rachel's got. Rachel has mentioned going there. I think mm. I can't remember how he knows he's there. But Batman comes in mainly because I think the police have been called. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the so Batman comes in, gases Crane with his own sort of toxin, becomes this kind of oil spewing beast yeah. figure, Crane. Uh, and then he's got to get Rachel out of there because we've alluded to this a while back. Rachel's been gassed with a very concentrated amount. Yeah, so she's like t- she's very limited time. So basically, from there, which um, again, there's get scenes where uh, he passes on information to, go- to Gordon, uh, but the, the whole element of like using the bats, I think, is great. Where he's always yeah, it's just a certain um, it's a certain thing he's put in his shoe that's got a certain frequency on yeah. it, so it would attract bats. That's out of a book as well, and I can't remember which one that is. I don't know if that is year one. That is in one of the books where the mm. bats can sort of come in and shield him as he drops down yeah. like that. Fantastic. And then yeah, and then there's a big car chase with the tumbler, which is like almost like a race against time to protect Rachel, which is kind of one of the things where we go Rachel all the time. Rachel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was him putting on his romantic voice. Yeah, obviously. Um, and, and I like how he sort of dashes out the tumbler, glides to the to the cure, and glides back just to kind of save time. Um, yeah. And then he sort of like pass tells Alfred about Rachel, and the, and he's sort of like there to sort of t- tells I um, need to get rid of everyone. And it's like and Alfred's yeah. getting pissed so, off. It's like there's a vial for mass production and a vial yeah. to inoculate Rachel. Um, and he goes to take her home, and of course, it looks like an old man, like with a <laughs> young. It looks dodgy, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they do does play that gag, doesn't it? And then, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what would you make of all this? 
I, no, so it was a really good kind of sequence of events, really. Um, I do like, as you say, it's very much kind of like linear storytelling. Um, no, I think I'm, you know, really happy with everything up to, up to this point, really, apart from like the choppy editing style. But no, really enjoy it. Yeah, you just have like basically your two major sequences, like sort of just put together. So it's like you've had all the setup in the world, you know, for initiating the character of Batman. Now you're having like it proper full on, and it's like almost like exactly what fans want at least how I interpret what I think probably fans would initially want from, from Batman and how he should be exactly. portrayed it's how he would operate really isn't it you've kind of got the setup and you've got the payoff as well I mean yeah, that hasn't, happens all the way through the film yeah. but I think this is now we come to kind of see how Batman would really operate in the real world having had the setbacks that he has had um yeah and, and, I, and I love this the scene where he's in the, where he's now back at uh, being like host of the party now and he's like he's 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 kind of like made it clear that he wants everyone to like go so he can go back to being Batman because he feels like it's more pressing issues. That's not straight away though because he, he goes in and and, and uh, Alfred gives him a hard time yeah. because Alfred is all about his family name. Yeah. And you know if if Bruce won't protect it then Alfred will. Yeah. Um, it's on the news what he did and he's been Bruce flipping starts, about it, isn't he? He's like, yeah, like, like a damn good television. Um, but he is getting ready to go into his party and you've got no reason to believe he's going to misbehave in any way. Yeah. We've had the name Ra's al Ghul mentioned a couple of times and then he is introduced to Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. Well, we get, well, a, well, we have like Earl sort of tell, we ask Earl about oh, my, my company, how is it uh, in terms of going public? And it's like, oh, what's been bought? Oh, there's a number of, uh, he kind of like bobs them off like an idiot as if to say, yeah, don't, don't worry about it, Bruce, you know. Kind of condescends and he's kind of like you can kind of read that and go okay prick. <laughs> he's also, he's also um he's also fired um uh, yeah Lucius, Lucius. because Lucius uh, uh he asks Lucius what a such and such me is mm. that's gone missing uh and it's the it's the microwave emitter that's gone missing it was being it was being it's been stolen off that boat basically yeah and when he says why did you lose one he says I'm merging you with archive I'm merging this department with archives I'm and I'm firing, firing you. you didn't you get the memo yeah so we're now Again, at we the get party. that later on when the Lucius, roles are reversed yeah Lucius has been fired uh they're now at this party he's condescending to Bruce I think we can get we can he's not a nice man whether he's evil is a different matter but he's not a nice man and he's not the right person to be running Wayne Enterprises no. Uh, Which kind of leaves me to think he might be out of it. He might be yeah, in it for some part of his own personal. Yeah, Bruce is introduced to somebody who is supposed to be Ra's al Ghul, but it's not. It's one of Ra's al Ghul's henchmen. So, uh, and then we notice Ducard, who is Ra's al Ghul, is there, and he's got, and he's surrounded by a bunch of his heavies, his ninja yeah. guys. It's like, uh, isn't uh, isn't Ra's al Ghul supernatural? <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and, uh, and uh, I, I do love, I do love this. Reveal. I do love the, the twist. And I know even though a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, but Chris, it's completely stonking obvious from the get-go. But in... Wasn't we, it at the, was it at the time? I'm trying I mean, to remember if I knew. I, I, I was I was surprised, but it was... But I'll be honest, it wasn't like exactly something I was actually thinking, actively thinking about. I was just kind of like watching the movie for what it was. Uh, so it was like, oh yeah, of course, we're going to go back to Rosical. Oh yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um, but what... What makes this uh, twist work, even if you know on repeated viewings, or, or if you see it coming from the beginning, from the beginning, what makes it work uh, in comparison to a something like Star Trek Into Darkness is, whereas in Star Trek Into Darkness, not written by imbeciles. Well, that, but also it's like my name is Khan, and then 
what's Kurt's reaction to that? Right? Who are you? Who are you? Nothing really. The, the, the what is key is it is a revelation to our main antagonist. It's like so. Even if we know what 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 it is, or we figure it out, or if we've known from past viewing, it still works. It's still satisfying because it's a revelation to to the character we're following. So to Bruce Wayne, it's like, oh crap, you're well, that's got meaning. Yeah, yes, that's got meaning. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, and I'll extend it to Spectre as well. You know, it's like, what what does the fact that he's like... Um, uh, I am Ernst Stavro Blofeld. That's oh, not, oh, not a name I've ever oh, heard before. Yeah. <laughs> so I, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. um, well, I think with this, it, it's not only that. We don't get time to dwell on it, but there was a hint effectively when he saved Ducard's life that it, it, he was told all the way through, and we're using the term Ducard and Reyes al Ghul um, interchangeably mm. now. Um, he was told criminals uh, rely on the indulgence of others. And he went soft and saved him, if you like. Yeah. He saved Ducard. If he'd let him die, he wouldn't be in this situation. It's the same thing you get over generations in the comic books about how many lives would he have saved if he just killed the Joker? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But so there, there's a lot to think about. And Bruce has basically put himself into this position. And it, yeah, it gives it weight. It gives it themes. It gives it things to think about rather than just... I'm insert name of mustache twirling villain. Mustache twirling villain. It's like if he had not gone for the entire film about even knowing who Ra's al Ghul is. Let's just say, yeah. like, it's the first. It made a difference. The first time, like, it's even mentioned in the film, then it would or, be. It would be a terrible twist. Or there'd been no Ra's al Ghul yet. Yeah. The training camp. It had been Ducard's training camp. Ducard runs the League of Shadows, yeah. and then suddenly he appears and go, "My name is Razal Ghul." <laughs> yeah, I know. Which not it's famous. A bit like um, Kevin Spacey and Usual Suspects, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, it's more like the, the idea, the name, rather than an actual an actual person. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like on, the, on, the, on the flip handled. side as well, it's like you yeah. don't, you know, Christian Bell never goes, "I'm Batman." He's kind of he's he's called like the Bat or the Batman. The Batman. Yeah. He doesn't go. I, no, nobody ever does, Becca. No, I know. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. For example, it's yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But like at the same time, you know, it it doesn't really happen. But yeah, would it make a difference if you know if Razagol would didn't say, "Oh hi, I'm," you know. The, the whole thing about this this film is that they they pick their villains in the Nolan era after they've decided what they want Batman stroke Bruce Wayne to go through. Uh, rather than saying, right, well, it's film one, who's the biggest? Joker. You know, they've, this is about conquering fear, um, so they want him trained by the League of Shadows, so that's suddenly Ra's al Ghul. I think it's called something else in the comic than the League of Shadows, I've forgotten now. But anyway, I think it might be called League of Assassins or something like that, but that would be too on the nose for the film. But anyway, um, and then you can, you, no one needs explaining why the Scarecrow is there in a film with these themes. Mm. And so many of the films we've seen in recent years have played on name recognitions from either previous iterations or previous films in a franchise. And when they say, I am Khan or I am whoever, Blofeld, they're not talking to the character in the context of the film. They're talking to the audience mm. in the context of name recognition. And that's got just nothing to do with anything, really. It's just meaningless. You know, I mean, yes. so, yeah, it, it is something it has to work within the story and it's like well what is the point of this 
It's you, you yeah. just you just it is basically just pure fan service for yes. no and it's point. not here partly because Ra's al Ghul is is a pop is a popular character in Batman <laughs> lore, but in terms of the general public, he's not that big. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't have that. Oh my God, he's Ra's al Ghul. If you didn't have it set up by the story, yeah, you need you need to make sense. Yeah. Fan service is fine, but you need to use it wisely. You need to make it work. Use it to the story's advantage, not just like go. Say <laughs> there you are, fans. It's, it, it's an interesting take on the whole idea of immortality as well, because yeah. you've got the Lazarus Pit in the books and stuff like that, and Razal Gould is hundreds of years old and so on. Well, it's not quite that here. But obviously, it's it's more about a legend than a person, as Becker alluded to. See, I first more saw um, when I first saw this. I was more, I I first more saw it as like he had, he's now adopted the moniker of Razagul. So previously, it was the the guy uh, Ken Watto Harvey. Um, <laughs> Ken Watto <laughs> and. Uh, and now he's dead. He's he is now the new Raz. Um, but but I think it's the moniker that gets passed I, down. I think it now it might well be that there's always a front there. Yeah, but I, I think I, I I don't know. Maybe you disagree, but maybe now I think he it was always. Was. I genuinely, I genuinely, Chris, and I have problems with it in the Dark Knight Rises because they kind of tip their hat to different types of immortality, but and never really go any further with it. I think the bottom line is I don't really care. And I don't mean I don't care about the yeah. story, but I, I don't really actually care whether he was still around at the same age 50 years before, which actually gets answered in the third one. But um, I, it doesn't matter. The fact is, he either is or always was the brain brains behind this league. Yeah. And um, instead of just being this wise Yoda figure... He is there with their attitude of how you fight crime. It's a bit like if you look at the Assassin's Creed games, they're very Knights Templar. They're very about sort of control. Yes. Yeah, so uh, then we go into the... Oh, and he he talks about a cleansing fire earlier in the Mm. film as well. They do literally burn down the house. Yeah, Um, and it's like, again, it's like, as he even literally says, he says, like, I've... uh... I've 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 burnt down your house and left you for dead. Consider us even. Consider us even. You burn yeah. me. <laughs> and now you want to wait in? <laughs> well, you know, Christian Bale is Welsh, so uh... <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't keep saying that for the simple reason that I can't I can't get any more Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> but now, because Christian Bale, you've got a legit reason to it, do it in the Welsh accent. It, 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 could, it, I love it, the fact it, that it's my piss take of Brosnan who's not who's yet. Irish. <laughs> It could have got a little bit nasty. A little bit dusty there from Tim. So the brothillies. Do you want? Do you want to know why? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, okay. um, but I, I do like obviously was it after the fire and there's a scene where like the plank of wood kind of falls on him and. Okay, it's basically a homage to you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Basically, all those what does he say? All those push ups, and you can't even lift the bloody log. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did. We, I think that's a great. We we have we have missed the, the 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 good bit where he does get rid of everyone by acting like a huge dick as well. I I, I liked how they handled it. Yeah, for no, his character. he was ready to do the right thing at this party until yeah. he saw Raz Al Ghul, and he says to him, "You you these people haven't done anything wrong." Yeah. Well, you're welcome to explain it to them. Yeah. So he immediately. 
slips into drunk mode and accuses them of being a bunch of freeloaders and tells them to get out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. And also adds to later one with like drunk billionaire <laughs> burst out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, like the next day. But um, yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like kind of amusing, uh, but pointless. The city hasn't got long to live. Uh, and then, yeah, so Alf, yes, Alfred saves uh, Bruce, the uh, way manor burns to the ground. And they, yeah, and they get down to effectively what is the Batcave yeah. in the nick of time because yeah. fire is almost following them down. And uh, yeah, and this, and this is the point where everything's all lost in the, in, when it comes to the story. Everything's all like gone to shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming Alfred just heads off to the nearest Premier Inn. Because <laughs> he's not with him for the rest of the film, is he? No, where, where does he go? What does he do? Checks into a hotel. But apologies about the smoky smell on me. I've just been at a party. I've just emerged from Wayne Manor. Yeah. Is Alfred not, not in the rest of the film now? Well, he's he's in the last scene. Oh, I was going to say. You don't see him very much was, towards the end, do you? I was going to say. Well, you know, we don't expect... But he's, it's not like Alfred in the 66 film. He doesn't put, like, a domino mask on with some glasses <laughs> over the top. <laughs> it starts driving around with Robin. Yeah, um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and then we have the, uh, th- you know, obviously the repeat of Why Do We Fall, um, you know, and then he sort of, and uh, why, and he never get, uh, lost faith in me, never. Uh, which never. We, never. <laughs> which, which does, uh, again, it does have an emotional reaction to me. Uh, yeah, it does, have, uh, you know, it does kind of hit you in the right place. and you get the... I mean, if you gave me a blank page and said, cast a Batman film, I don't think I'd have even thought of Michael Caine. Yeah. And I, I still don't know that he'd be my first choice, but in in context of this film, I think he's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think he's probably, he has his moments in the first film, which I think are really strong, mm. um, particularly as well. But yeah, he, he, he just adds... He has. He, he almost is like the heart and soul of of Wayne in this. Um, so he, he kind of keeps him on a level. But yeah, he's. There great. has to be someone who loves Batman, yeah. or, uh, Bruce Wayne rather. Yeah. Um, unreservedly, because the way this film has to shape itself, there's no real love interest. I mean, I know there's Rachel, but Rachel's dis- disappointed with him. Hmm. So because of the way he behaves in the build up to becoming Batman, so. If there wasn't Alfred behaving this way, who would there be to root for Bruce? Mm. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's what he's there for, isn't it? And I think that's I think that they did, they've done it really, really well. Um, so yeah, it 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 strikes that it, it strikes that it's a wide fall, and it's like you know it's it's that core value that he's had from childhood, and then he gets back in it. He he uh, he sort of. He goes to uh, the Narrows and... Fa- and he goes to the Narrows, yeah. And because, I, yeah, there's basically about to be panic. Yeah. And then I really love this secret, how we've envisioned like these really kind of like horror scenes. You know, how like when Batman's gliding over uh, everyone. Uh, you can and, just see fiery eyes and mouth, yeah, I think. Yeah, and like, this yeah. big shadow of a bat kind of thing. It's like really kind of really effective. It's kind of like really inventive. Um, I thought this was going to be the act you had a problem with, Chris. Really? Because a lot of people have a problem with the third act of this film. They say, oh no, it takes all its wonderful themes and then just goes not very good action for the last half an hour. I've never completely agreed. No, I mean, um, like... I thought this was where you would say, no, it's losing me here because it's not very well done. No, it's... I mean, it still works fine. I mean, like, there's, there's nothing wrong here that can't be said for the rest of the film. I mean, my only problem with the film, because kind of what 
Beck alluded to returns to the editing, but I can't understand reasons for that. Uh, yeah. But it's still a little bit okay. Just let some scenes breathe. Like let me kind of understand and and let me emotionally engage with some of it. And then, but and the, and the other times it's just kind of like just the fighting action, the action. Apart from that, I can't really fault this film. You know, really. Um, I mean, it's still in tone with keeping with the fear and I like those that don't like the film slag off the last half an hour there's only I think one line I've got a problem with and even even then I actually quite like the way it's delivered yeah. if you'd showed me a script to this film Jim Gordon going I gotta get me one of those would be yeah. oh fucking hell I... the IQ of this film has just dropped 50 points it's I... all in the delivery though isn't it when he's first introduced to the tumbler he goes did they come in black and it's just like oh my god really but it's the whole delivery of it and the way they pull it off I like yeah. You can always forgive it at silliness. Yeah. But it does seem like the last it, half it, it, hour it was written it. by somebody it, else as a it, result. It does. Yeah, there is a bit of a split there, I must admit. I mean, I, I, I don't really agree particularly. I think it's just because it's just like, we now you have a set piece. You've got a huge set piece now. So now you have to kind of wrap up the film and obviously you need a set piece. Um, the, the film's done all, all the all the hard work in terms of the plot. Now you just need okay, right now we just need to finish things off. So and even, and even within that, you have these really interesting visuals with all the horror horror aesthetic, uh, with in, in with the object of fear, and you have a good payoff with um, Raz Al Ghul, uh, Liam Neeson. Um, the other th- thing despite is, that, I don't like the fighting in it, but like oh wait, although how although how it's shot, but I do like. The payoff. I do like sort of his his involvement. You know, of yeah. of the. Funnily enough, you can say, like I said earlier, you can see the fighting a lot clearer in the next two films, and yeah. I hate it. I don't like it as much. I think it works here, but then I'm not the I'm not the action aficionado. The film is doing narratively what it needs to, and the action, the way it's editing, is feeding into that. Whereas an action fan would look at it and go, "I can't fucking see what's going on. This isn't working for me." Whereas I'm looking at it and going, "Yeah, that's exactly how Batman would come across." I mean, I I absolutely agree. I mean, I think it had it had the the Batman scenes played more like the scene at the dock, I would be absolutely agreeing with you. But I but I watched the scenes and I think they do play more as you're like Batman is fighting someone. So when when a fit when a scene is, is is set up like that, I would like to actually see. Oh, I'd, 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 yeah, I'd, they know Batman's there. He's not striking I, from nowhere. Yeah, get your point. Well, you actually know what? It's not necessarily. I just want to see the actual kicks and punches, but I would like to know what's happening. And and, there's the, and it just seems a little bit like what 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 what's going on? I'm just I'm, I'm not I, I've got no navigation. I've got no um, what's what's the word? I I've got no. You, got, got, you haven't got your bearings on it. At yeah, all. I, I get that, but yeah, I think I think the difference is I just don't care. Generally. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's very. Um, what am I trying to say? I mean, the clue is in the name, obviously, the Narrows, but. The very fact that that area of the city is so tightly packed makes the mayhem that's going on just seem that much worse mm. and much more anarchic. I mean, you, you actually got one scene where someone's actually biting someone's head. Just it's very brief, but it's like fucking hell. It's quite grim. It's quite grim, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got all, all that. You got uh, Gordon in the bat in the Batmobile, which is probably the, the cheesiest bit for me. Where you like, where you just... yeah, when he when he does shoot the pillar out the way, and it's yes, it's just... yeah. <laughs> I like it. He isn't yeah. familiar with, you know, and he kind of he does it with I, I, I great gusto. My, my, my heart loves it, and my head hates my fucking heart for loving it. <laughs> I 
I must say I did enjoy the scene as well. It's really silly, but it's enjoyable. You just have to go with it, don't you? Well, I, th- I think for the yeah, returns of that, it just means that the film's earned their right to do that. You know, it's set it up. Yeah. It's done it correctly. It's set it up. You care about the characters. You care about the court. You care about the, re- the reasons why they're doing it. You, you you want them to succeed. So when they do succeed, you you are happy for that. So it just all it means is the film's done its job. You know, it's done Plus it correctly. This is, an, this is an extra window on onto the relationship between Gordon and... Batman yeah. slash Bruce yeah. Wayne as well. So it's and a they have bit two well very defined up. missions. They have two very defined missions. Batman needs to get onto the train. Gordon needs to make sure that train, well, we find out, crashes where it needs to crash. We don't know that at the start. We just know yeah. Gordon needs to get out on the tumbler and do something. And, um, yeah, and then they fight on on the train. See, I, know, I know also, until this viewing, I never figured out, well, I never actually plot that Raza goes on a suicide mission. He's intending yes. to die. Yeah, it's a bit kamikaze towards the end, doesn't it? It's like you know, my 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 fate with uh, lies with Gotham. It's like oh, I did not know he's actually on a suicide mission. So Do you know, I never think I think I thought I thought about it. You know, when and you, so the I, I so the idea of like because I know it's like oh, it's a bit of a double standard, and it? it's like okay, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. Well, you are practically killing him. But yeah. his actual like his actual goal was. No, you're, I, I am setting myself to die for this cause. You are it's distracting like... him long enough that they don't cat, we, catch wind of what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, and also to make sure it goes in at the right power and all that sort of thing. Whether he would have found some way to get off that train un, when he wasn't, if he wasn't distracted, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so, though, because I think you're right. I think it's a suicide run. Yeah, and I think... You know, and so so when he says that, but I'm not going to save you, it's just, it's it's more of like, no, you you've made your choice, you are committed to 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 this, and and he knows it. He kind of like he kind of like he almost kind of like. Uh, but you uh, will die knowing uh, uh, AI. AI beat you. You didn't be yeah. Basically, you'll know I won. You'll know that you failed as well. Yeah. And also, the moment you find that out, it's too late to stop any of it. Yeah, and he kind of and I like how he just. He just accepts it. He just kind of goes, "Oh well." <laughs> just closes his eyes a bit, you know, goes a bit zen. Yeah, and then yeah, um, destroys so a lot. Destroys, destroys Rachel, a lot of Gotham, but yeah. <laughs> Rachel has kept Joffrey safe. Yes, uh, oh, you've, you've, you've mentioned Joffrey. <laughs> yeah, boy, in it. It's Joffrey. Got, uh, the uh, Gotham uh, has and, and, to and, and tasered uh, Scarecrow in the yeah. face. Yeah, um, I'm, I've always face. taken. I always wondered how Scarecrow was still operating, but I would presume he would have an antidote to his own drug. Yeah, that uh, mask helps a lot, you know. Unless he is just that crazy. Well, he's he's a, he's significantly <laughs> crazier later appearances, yeah. but you've got so you've got that. Uh, the house is b- b- burnt down. Batman is now sort of recognised by the town. Jim Gordon is promoted to lieutenant. Um, what else? Uh, well, we have the... Uh, oh, there's a lot of crazies missing from Arkham because they had to blow their way out yeah. of it. Yeah, um, but we have the the scene in, back at Wayne Enterprises where Lucius Fox gets a new job and uh, there's a nice payoff where Bruce is like re- reading the paper and he's like, well, the company went public and I bought more of the shares. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's all very complicated. Yeah, and kind of nice sort of touch of condescending. There, there's also that he, he's... He's talking about, and I said about how he doesn't care, he'd rather tear um, Wayne Manor bit by bit, um, 
if he has to, but then now he's actually talking about rebuilding it bit by brick as it was, as in he's re- re- rebuilding his father's legacy. He'll rebuild it as another centuries old. Yeah. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like Taylor Wimpy or Persimmons when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's, like, it's it, but again, it's like going back to what it was actually already said. He's like, I don't care if you talk about brick by brick, and he's talking about rebuilding it brick by brick. Um, and... Isn't it amazing how the ruins of uh, Be- of Wayne Manor look in no way like the English countryside? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a city to be sad in. in... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we know it's out in the sticks, but that is clearly England. Only England yeah. looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, not, not not even like upstate New York looks like yeah, that. No, no. I've got a fun fact Only about England. that coming soon. All right. Um, so that's it, Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. no, it isn't. There's one key scene the... that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck when I first saw it. Oh, what, the escalation bit with... Uh... Well, yes, he goes to see Gordon. Gordon is... Uh, they're, they're finishing off the bat symbol. So, you know, call me if you need me, the bat signal. Mm. We didn't have a corrupt businessman to attach to the bat sign. And then we have, uh, yeah, no, they had to put a proper bit on there. They did, they, yeah. <laughs> strangely enough, I've only did policy. And you'll be sentenced to be... We, we, need, we need to call Batman. Do you mind coming out and doing that fucking cross-arm thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gordon's lieutenant now. So then you've got... Um, Gordon says, I'm worried about escalation. You know, we, we buy, you know, Kevlar, they'll buy, you know, we buy semi-automatics, they'll get automatics. We get Kevlar, they'll get armor-piercing rounds. They know you're here now. Now, look at this, for example, this crazy. What was it? A, uh, like, two armed robberies and a double homicide. Yeah, taste of free act tricks, like yourself. Card. Left a calling card, flips it over, and it's the Joker, and my Ooh. heart up about 30 or 40 beats instantly. Were you thinking sequel, sequel, sequel? Were you? Yes. Everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was. Especially with the hype surrounding it as well. Everybody knew it was going to be German. I guess after watching this, when it's like, okay, I've just seen the literal adaptation of Batman done right, and then now you're telling me Joker's next, you're like, yeah, I think, yeah, Bat fans would just be like jerking themselves off. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't so, get to go to that cinema anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we we did miss a bit about Rachel sort of saying like, "Oh, I love you, but you know, I can't." This come is back. now your mask, which I've always kind of fucking hated about the whole Batman mythos. Batman's the real him. Well, yeah, kind of, but he doesn't walk around in his life going Rachel. Yeah. But I think it, it does fit in in the grand scheme of things how like he is constantly obsessed with being Batman. Um, you look at the films as a whole, so you it get does it in work. The books. I mean, he's he's just looking out the wi- you know he'll be looking out the window waiting for sundown so he can mm. go out and do, do what he does. Yeah, yeah. So it, it speaks to that as well, which makes you think like Rachel's never really for him. Really, it's like it's just more of like an ideal kind of yeah, that he's chasing. But anyway, but yeah, we do get the uh, and then that's it. That's the film, isn't it? We get that's the the, the final shot, and he says like sort of I never said thank you. It's like you'll never have to. And you'll never have to. And then he just flies at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Not all fist. Than ones, than ones and the last it. scene of the film is, "I'll sue you, you bastard." <laughs> yeah, not and not not Wally Wall- Fister, <laughs> no, yeah. and really. Poor Wally. Oh dear. Very quickly, then, my final thoughts. I think I said most of it during the film, so I'm not going to add an awful lot now. I think if I were to rank my favourite superhero films of all time, this still lives in the top three, maybe top four. Yeah, certainly. Um, And I've revealed two of that top four already. 
Mm. Uh, that uh, Superman the movie would still be in that top four as well. Let's not fuss about the order uh, at this point. Um, but as we speak in the summer of 2017, with a lot of things to come, like Infinity War and Justice League and <gasps> you know, all the rest of it, um, lots of things that might challenge these things. I think if I if I look at the best superhero films ever made, and I think forget whether they're tr- primarily superhero films because you can make a different argument about the Winter Soldier. You can make a different argument about the Dark Knight. You can make a different argument about some of the X Men films. When I rank them, if they're starring a superhero, <laughs> um, whatever subgenre is he a you're superhero? putting alongside That's the age old question. Yeah. Um, is sorry. Is he a superhero though? He's an average Batman. man with lots of money. And <laughs> of course, he's a superhero. I know. I'm only joking. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So this is this is in the top three or four super, superhero films ever made. Um, holds up after 12 years. All those worries I had about it's not going to feel very comic book now, and will that be terribly dated? It's forgotten within 10 minutes of watching it. This film could have been made a couple of years ago. Apart from any sites of things like mobile phones, we might get. I don't know. But it, it's it's a timeless, terrific film, and Matt Reeves has got his work cut out to make anything that comes anywhere near it. I absolutely yeah, can't really fault any of that. I think I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, with I, that one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I, I, again, I think it was my favorite Batman film going in. Um, I, I, I'm going to question that when it comes to Dark Knight, because that, that that is the one that most people would say is hands down the best, and I've always been a bit contrarian sod. Like I usually am, and say no. Well, actually, I think Batman Begins is best. Actually, <laughs> it's more, but yeah. but it is more of a Batman film. So if I was to make that argument, that were that would be. My... I can't disagree with that. I really can't. That I mean, the the, the the last point I'll make is it's not a it's not a shock to say that one of my others in the top four will be The Dark Knight, and that's what I was alluding to. With forget what forget how good a superhero film it is. It's how good a film it is in the superhero genre, yeah. if you like. Um, this is a better Batman film. There is absolutely no question in my mind about that. And yeah, I think yeah. Again, uh, I don't think a, a film has done its homework on its origin um, as, as as well as it has with this film. I don't think. I think it's to actually sort of look at a character of a comic book character and to explain how he thinks, the themes within that. Uh, I. I I, I I think it really hits out of the park, really. And the other thing is, as much as I might love The Dark Knight, um, I think at this stage, Nolan is still almost fighting for the right to make these kind of things. Warner Brothers would have had a very strong hand in this. Whereas, and The Dark Knight, I'm not so sure about, certainly by Rises, Nolan's doing whatever he wants. And I don't think that's necessarily to the to the, as talented as he is, and I'd much rather have him in making in the business of making films than not. Um, I think we start to see the Nolan ego take over in the next two. This is this is a tight film, even at two hours twenty minutes, made by a focused, disciplined guy who is smart enough to put themes in it, but isn't isn't totally <laughs> indulging his every win. Definitely, this is more. This is probably. Would you say this is like the the least Nolan-esque film he's done? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. The argument could be could be made for insomnia, I don't, maybe, but yeah. yes, it could. It could. But um, yeah, this is more sort of working within the confines of a, a comic book film, whereas the other films are a bit more Nolan-esque. Very, very. This normal. is a bit more director for hire, but yeah. at the same time, 
he has put his stamp on it in that it's real, it's comparatively, quote-unquote, real mm. world because of Nolan's influence. This is a Christopher Nolan film. I'm not suggesting any other. But some of the things I'm less sure about about the guy are much more indulged in the next couple. Okay. And we'll find out what they are. Becca? I think you guys have pretty much said it all. There's not really a lot I can add to it. Um, Certainly in terms of the Nolan trilogy, I think this one is my favourite. Again, next week may change that. Um, I do like the look of the um, of the earlier, the first two earlier Batman movies, very much in the look and style of them, just in terms of the visual style, really. Um, but this one here, again, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of pros, a lot of cons. But no, I think this is definitely one of the strongest Batman movies, and probably one of the strongest superhero movies. I certainly think probably without this, we would not have had the Marvel onslaught that we have now, for sure. Um, but no, definitely high hopes for next week. Really looking forward to you know to discussing this trilogy as a whole. Terrific, but I do feel underinformed, Chris. Yeah, I could also. I need some sort of bat shaped facts to. Uh... Bat shaped facts. <laughs> yes, bat shaped facts. They could, that's a good thing about those is right. If you got a bat shaped fact, they could fit through that door after Robin <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> so he shut the door, but the bat shaped fact can still get in. They can still fly in through the gap. Have you got any of those, Becca? I have five. Five? <laughs> I don't know why five. I seem to go for I seem to go for five. I don't know why I just picked a random number. I thought, right. What ones can I do at speed? Okay, so number one, Wing Manor is actually a mix of two stately English piles that look in no way like Southern California. Um, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they really don't. Amazingly enough, when we come to Austin Powers, we're gonna have to flag that line up. Um, yes, yeah, a mix of Willerton Hall in Nottingham and uh, Mentmore Towers in Buckinghamshire. Um, fun fact number two, me going, I'm Batman, was a joke. Christian Bale obviously lost his voice several times due to his changing the bottom of his voice during filming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but fact number three, obviously the first appearance or visual appearance of Scarecrow in this Bat series. Um, fun fact number four, I understand Rachel Dawes is especially created for this film and isn't a DC character. And Fun, fun fact. Fun fact. Bat facts. Get your teeth in. Number five. This is the only Batman film in the Nolan trilogy. Where Hang on a minute. Batman actually uses I thought you were stopping there. I thought this is the only <laughs> Batman film in the Nolan trilogy. That's not a trilogy then, is it? Sorry, Becca. Try that again. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm done to hooks. Um, no, this is the only film in the Nolan Batman trilogy where Batman actually uses bats. In this case, to overrun the SWAT team. I, I, have, another, I have another few bat facts. Oh, then. Uh, Henry Cavill uh, was uh, auditioned for the role, as well as he was also close to get the, the role of Bond. Yeah, so he, uh, by that time he was like the unluckiest man in Hollywood, dubbed by Total Film or Empire, obviously, because he'd missed out on Bond, missed out on Batman, and obviously ended up playing Superman. So there is that bat fact. Um, yeah. uh, originally, uh, Christopher Nolan wanted to cast Gary Oldman as the villain, probably Raz. Um, but, and, and he was going to cast uh, Chris Cooper as Gordon, but uh, Gordon wanted to. But um, Cooper wanted to spend more time with his family, according to uh, IMDb. So he sort of no one hit on the on, on the unusual idea of casting Gary Oldman as someone who was not a baddie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I got I got it worked out because he's great at Gordon, and I I somehow I think Liam Neeson makes a better job of being Ross. I think that would have been I don't, I don't think Gary Oldman would have done it, but 
Can... Yeah, though, having said that, I mean, I, I wouldn't have wanted to see... I mean, he could do it because he's talented enough. I wouldn't have wanted to see Gary Oldman in any of the other roles in this film. Yeah. And I think he was a great choice for Jim Gordon. Having said that, you've just said Chris Cooper, and I can see it. In my head, I can see Chris Cooper playing that role. With a, with a moustache. Yeah, yeah, you you kind of make him up much the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can uh, see him playing basically the year one Jim Gordon, yeah. And uh, what was my back fact that I, uh, I had in my head but I completely lost? Uh, oh, yeah. I, well, actually, I don't know if it's actually true, but according to IMDb, this was like caused inf- inspiration for uh, the uh, the Broccoli's to uh, reboot the franchise for Casino Royale. Now, I don't know how well, true that is. going to be my number one back fact, but then obviously I mentioned that at the top of the show, so I scratched it uh, out and decided about well, the Wayne I mean, Manor. It's... It would have inspired them quite quickly because they announced Daniel Craig in October of the same yeah. year. Yeah. When it came out in the summer. I find it difficult to believe. I think they already had Casino Royale in mind. Bear in mind, they fired um, Pierce Brosnan in 2004. So unless they were going off early buzz around this film and going, look what they're doing with Batman, we should do the same. That's possible. But I doubt they came out of the cinema going, that's yeah. really good. Something similar with Bond. I think it, it would have been on the wrong time. Yeah, it would have been a fast cinema. That's what I thought. Unless it was maybe like something during production, they thought, oh, actually, that's a good idea. You know, they, they they saw like a few screen tests and thought, actually, no, this is looking really good. I think we should do this. Um, yeah. But yeah, there we are. So yeah, um, that's it. That's that's the show, folks. Uh, nearly three hours. So that's going to be a long one. Even with editing, that's going to be a long one because I've got a lot to take out of that. To be honest with you. So uh, get comfortably, uh, listeners. Get in. Just get telling people at the end of the show. Get yourself comfortable because we've just finished. <laughs> well, no, you know, if this is the, anything. If the next two shows are going to be judged by this, uh, I think the Dark Knight's the one I'm, I'm concerned about. Not in a bad way. I think it'll be quite good, but I don't think Rises is going to give me the same problems. I think for a longer film, it's thinner. The Dark Knight is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned with both of them. I think there's a lot to talk about in the next two. But yeah, this was meant to be the easy one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But <laughs> I mean, in fact, we've started with Batman Begins, and we've gone on so long. Batman retires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've gone on talking about the film longer than the actual film. So good work. Well, we've done that. We've done that before. We've yeah. done an hour longer on Superman Four. But I tell you what, let's cut people a break and get out of here quickly. Social media, Chris. Uh, Cinematronics on Twitter, and you can also find my website cinematronics.co.uk. I'm at the Pasty Kid 1976 on Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter at expect us to talk on facebook.com slash expect us to talk and you can also do the same on iTunes and the YouTube. Excellent. I'm expecting next week to be really, really funny because there's a character <laughs> called the Joker in it, which means, Becca, do you expect to talk or return with the Dark Knight? <laughs>